This is Lauren Hart from the Philadelphia Flyers, and you're listening to Corner Pub Sports. For advertising opportunities for the following show, email us at cornerpubsports at gmail.com. It's time for the best pubcast around, Corner Pub Sports. The gang is all here gathered around the bar to bring you their opinions on the latest sports topics while drinking their favorite brews. Follow the gang on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Corner Pub Sports and on cornerpubsports.com. You can also join in the conversation by texting 267-277-3406. Now, grab a cold one, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the pub. It's true. It's a unicorn. Hey everybody, what is going on? Corner Pub Sports is live here on Facebook. If you're watching it, we appreciate it so much. And if you're downloading on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, you name it, we're on Satchel. it. Satchel, there you go. I'm Sean. Hey, Ryan. Gary. Ryan. And the... Lauren. Yeah! yeah we got Miss <laughs> <laughs> Lauren Hart is on with us just jump right off the jump uh, of the Philadelphia Flyers as you heard in our intro obviously we've had her on before thank you so much for doing this oh I'm so glad I get to be with you guys again and, and on you get- the eve or 48 hours before we go down this weird and awesome and unbelievable road we're about to go down and you know that's why I, I thought I would I would reach out to you because I, I thought that uh if there was going to be anyone that was emphatic and, and excited about the flyer season and who to talk to, I thought of you right off the bat. I said, you know what? I got to have her on because I know she's missed it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's just get right into it. I mean, we're here. Finally, it's been four months since we last saw Flyers hockey, and they were playing really well. And, uh, I, I mean, what are your feelings on it? I mean, really, I, I mean, that's the best question. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, truthfully, I feel I feel like it's bittersweet because I do feel like, well, to start off, we're so desperate to see sports right now. So this is like all of this coming at us is just such, you know, such a game right now because I know we've all been in our homes. We're cooped up. We're dying to see some sports. But it is bittersweet because I, I think that sports are um, meant to be with fans. You know, and they're meant to be a group shared experience. And it's cool when it's at home um, and you're watching it on TV. But especially with hockey, um, I feel like that interaction and being there live is is just it. So I'm like, I'm a little disappointed that we're all not together um, getting to watch this team um, come into like a great, you know, hopeful era. Um, that they'll be going into, but I'm, you know, yeah, I'm but hockey. even, even on the TV, like, like playoff hockey on the TV, that the stadiums get so loud, they got towels waving and everything. Like, there's no, no experience like playoff hockey, so 
like yeah. like I, I feed off of that like I was on the, the thought process like if there's no fans what's the point but now like like with the NBA coming back and like I don't care I just I need sports <laughs> yeah and that's how a lot of people feel you know I just you know we have so desperately waited in Philadelphia for the Flyers to get to this level again that the fact that we're all in our homes and we're not out celebrating together and you know, it's kind of this new weird thing that's happening. Um, it, like I said, it's a little bittersweet, but I'm ready to watch some hockey and I'm ready to sing from my couch. And so <laughs> this would be the year that the Flyers win it, though. You can't have a parade. Of course. Right. No parades and no get togethers. But you know what? Whatever it will be, it will be. And I'm glad, I'm gl- I'll be glad to see hockey for sure. One of our I've listeners. i a lot of time yeah. Yeah, yeah. in Pittsburgh for work. So every day I go out, I drive right by the Penguins Arena every day. So I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait. I hope these Flyers make them mush. Make a mush. And the fans out here with the Penguins, they're just, oh, it's sickening. Sickening. They're diehard. Yes. Yeah. They definitely love their hockey in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yes, they do. Not as much as we do. Love it here, but we'll, we'll grant them Yeah. Yeah. So one of our listeners chimed in on the side here. I don't know, Lauren, if you can see the, the uh, chat going on on the side, but uh, Mark Polsky asked, did anyone see the new Nike commercial? Um, I don't know if you've seen it yet. It's amazing. And, and talking about the return of, return of sports, but have, have you seen it, Lauren? Yeah, I have not. And I will see it as soon as I'm off with you guys. I'll go, go check it out. I, I don't, I don't really want to explain it to you. It's just it's you have to just see it to believe it. It's the perfect like commercial for the return of sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sports is it's such a part of our lives. You know, all of us. It's ingrained in us, and it's you know, this is a, an unprecedented time we're living through, and and sports are our happy place. You know, usually, and um, I think it's going to be great to have it back and to have everybody have their teams up and running, well, healthy you, and safe. Report. Right. Yeah. Usually, we start off our show. We, we usually do like a salute. We do the national anthem. Would you? No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was going to ask you to sing. I can't do that to you. Well, I got to say, I sang it about 50 times today because I, I think that they're going to, we're testing out um, doing it like we are talking right now, um, doing them before the games, kind of like on a, a live, a be live TV kind of style or. An, app, an online app, so we were checking out how that's going to look and how that's going to get down. So I've done it a few times already today, for sure. If you need the voice practice, have at it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have? A uh, you have a nice we'll, we'll you have, yeah, you have a nice strap behind you. Oh no, yeah. it's a telecast. That's a telecaster, yeah. isn't it? Is that a tele or a strap? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I mean, I love my I love my guitars. I love my guitars. And my pianos. I'm a little bit of a, you know, I don't collect. Well, I do collect shoes. I, will, I won't lie about that. But I'm like, I love guitars and keyboards and all that good stuff. Yeah, I don't have my. Uh, my stuff over there. Got a couple of axes up there. Nice. Yeah, Sean, you, you've been messing around a little bit lately, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Writing some new songs. That has yeah. perfect. So what what have you been doing in quarantine, Laurie? Have you been writing some new music? Because I. I know the last time we talked to him, and you were, um, I think your new album was about to come out or just came out, and I don't know what you've been up to since then, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It was about to come out and then just all the world exploded. And so um, we kind of trying to um, uh, putting out a song at a time as opposed to putting out a lot of music at once. And um, hopefully just like let people enjoy it while they're they're at home because since we're not able to go out and play live. So hopefully once we get back up and running, we're allowed to play live that we can release all of it at the same time and go out and have a party. Nice. Yeah. What are you thinking about the team? What are you thinking about the Flyers doing this little this little mini season end of season tournament they're doing? Yeah, you know, I it has the potential to be really magic. I have to say, you know, it has these guys. There's something in the air, and you know, being around it for as long as I have been, there have been those moments in time that I feel like there's just a buzz. There's this energy that that starts to happen mm-hmm. when you would walk in the building at night and you're around the guys you just it's just a feeling and um they we have that feeling we have that thing that it's that unknown intangible sort of um energy because you know as you know we can put together the best roster in the world all the top players but that doesn't make a winning team mm-hmm. so it's that unknown thing and i i really feel like you know they could go and do the whole thing. They could get the whole thing. I'm, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Yeah. I hope they can recapture like the way they were playing. Um, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talk about it, but even the Bruins lost their moment. Like every team lost their momentum. Yeah. Um, so I believe that the team that's able to recapture that, I definitely believe that the Stanley cup champion comes out of the Eastern conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I just think it comes down to the team that's able to recapture the way they were playing. Yeah, and I know you, it also it also may come down to the team that can stay healthy. I mean, unfortunately, you know, that unknown factor of, of, of how people are going to, you know, stay in this bubble and sort of live healthy, we don't know what that what's up with that yet. So I would hate to see the, a situation where the cup or any of these things are, are defined by – who didn't get coronavirus, you know? Um, so hopefully they'll all be they'll all be healthy and it'll be a, a good and fair and hard fought tournament. Right. Yeah. So Mike, Mike yeah, just I joined think, up. Uh, yeah. yeah, Mike. Yeah. How you doing, Lauren? Hey. Nice to see you. I'm not sure if I was. I don't think I was on last time that you were on. Mm. Unfortunately. So um, it's a pleasure meeting you. And. Same. You know, um, so yeah, I mean it's. I think like most years it's going to come down to goaltending. Obviously, you know, if you run into a hot goaltender yeah. um, and I think, you know, Mark probably has the opportunity to be that, that hot goaltender. Um, he does. No yeah. Not quite the rookie year. Cause last year was a rookie year, but kind of a, a la the Ron Hextall. Yep. The eighties like yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they're extra. They have, Oscar, which is a great, Source of inspiration for them, all of them. Um, what an, uh, an incredibly scary but um, inspirational year for for him and for the team to, you know, go through something like that at such a young age, which I can so relate to. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just it's shocking, and so his peers and his friends around him and his teammates, it it affects everybody. You know, I, you know, I've been both a patient and a caregiver at different times in my life, and I can almost say it was harder for me to watch people around me um, react to me going through a hard time 
than sure. for me to help other people, you know? So I think, I think, uh, he's a great source of, of motivation for them. And I think he's kept their spirits really lifted by, you know, doing so well and coming in here at the end and just being, being part of the guys. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. um, how how have you been managing during this, uh, you know, this whole pandemic? I mean, you have a, you have a pretty decent sized family, and uh, you know, being that, you know, you were home, unfortunately, because you know it's <laughs> obvious reasons. I mean, what has that been? What has everything been like for you? Well, I mean, my kids are great. They've been handling it really well. Me, not so much. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm just used to being out and on the go all the time. I'm used to going to games, and I'm used to playing gigs and concerts, and I'm in constant motion. Um, so to slow down for me is, is a little bit not, is not so easy. But um, I spent a lot of my time homeschooling little kids, and um, you know, in a weird way, it's it's kind of been great too to have just that family time. My mom came and moved in with us. And so I've spent a ton of time with her, which I wouldn't normally get to do maybe mm -hmm. so much. So I think, you know, you just try to look for the, the pluses and the good things out of it. And, um, you know, just keep going. You know, I'll, I'll be happy when life can go back to being life a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What have you thought, like, uh, uh, you know, we were just talking about Oscar and everything he went through. Uh, I went to the Hockey Fights Cancer Night uh, this year, and it – it was outstanding. I mean, it's always out in an outstanding night because everyone just kind of comes together. And, and but like it was even more so because of what happened. And I I don't remember seeing that place as electric this whole season as it was that night. And um, you know the fact that like you know like Gary Gary's in Pittsburgh right now. The Pittsburgh can't you know like Sidney Crosby wearing you know f you know the, the Oscar Strong shirt and and all these other teams coming through for that. Especially, you know, because yeah. you, you kind of went through this. Um, you know, what did that mean to you? Because, like, that's – I thought that was incredible, an incredible gesture just by everyone in the NHL, really. Well, and you know what? I, I can assure you that that was a great source of support for him and really lifted lifted him up mm -hmm. to have not only his own teammates and his own fans, but fans from all over the league and teams, you know, rival teams that we normally would not, you know – yeah. same room with all of a sudden you know are, are showing their love for for him and you know that that's a really great part of the hockey community um and it makes for somebody going through that it makes all the difference in the world to just know you have that support behind you and you have that kind of energy and you know i really related it to it a lot because I got the same, I got the same thing. You know, I had players from all over the league and coaches and, and people support. Oh, actually, you know, I'm going to show you something. This is not like, I'll do this to see if I can get it out. But, um, I had play, people all over the league just send me well wishes. Now, this is my it's a yellow uh, and black sticks. So you know where it came from. Oh, wow. No <laughs> way. <laughs> but, um, and it's really, really tall, but... This was from Mario Lemieux. Oh, wow! Yeah. When they played, um, when they played us one night, and uh, one of the trainers or one of the guys ran around and said, "Here, we want you to have this stick," and That's wished awesome. me well. And you know, it, it wasn't the first time or or the last. You know, so I really feel like, you know, what everyone did for Oscar, I don't think you can ever really. Um, 
quantify just how much that meant to him and how mm -hmm. much that sort of motivated and gave and energized him. Um, you kind of just get on this weird, you know, sort of alternate universe ride and you're just going. So to have that around you is, is really something special. That is, that's, hey, Sydney, that's, that's great that you did that for me, but I'm still going to put you in the board. Or Mario. <laughs> yeah, or Mario. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Sydney, not so much. Uh, I mean, great player, but don't like him. Mario, I, uh, I, I just have nothing but respect for him. Yeah. You know, I hate him yeah. as a rival, obviously, but I have nothing but respect for the person. Yeah, and he's a magnificent, magnificent athlete, a gentleman. He went through, you know, he went through it as well. So he, yeah. he you know, so related to it. Yeah. And you know, I, I have a. I have a, 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 a soft spot in my heart for him because when my dad was inducted into the Hall of Fame in Toronto, he was also inducted that same season. So for that week, that weekend, we were all together. Oh, wow. And, um, wow. Magnificent man and family and very fortunate to have spent that time. Oh, he wow. has his own sports arena out here, Mario Lemieux does. He does. I know it. Yeah. But my little guy plays uh plays Mike's hockey, and so they had a tournament. He went out. He was very excited to go out and play in the Mario Lemieux rinks. And that that arena is huge. Yeah. Very big. Yeah. No how, joke. How, so ha, has he been able to still play, or or no? Has that, has that been shut down during all this too? No, no playing. Oh, okay. It looks like they may start to let kids get back into some sports and stuff, but um. Uh, no, just basement and street hockey right now. Okay, well, and yeah, replacing drywall in your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> putting holes in Not your house. Yeah, putting holes mm -hmm. in your in your walls. Yep, that's right. <laughs> do you got? Do you guys have anything else for right. for Lauren? Because I I I promise her we want to keep her long. She's got some uh, parenting duties to take care of. So get the kids to bed, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was your question, Sean? I asked if you had anything else for her because I, I don't want to keep her too much longer. No? No, that's uh, okay. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, do you think that is this our year? Are we going to do it? What's your thought? I do. I, I think the Flyers can do it, but they have to maintain uh, goaltending, and that, that falls on Carter Hart. And, and Kevin Hayes, he has to have a great, great postseason. Yeah. And that, that's how they push through. And what I do you think? Think I of, think Tampa gets them. Yeah, go ahead, Lauren. I think Tampa, uh, unfortunately, and I don't even feel like Tampa Bay should have a hockey team, which annoys me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel. It should just not be happening. Yeah. What do you think, They're Mike? They're a scary team, so. They are. Mike, what they do you think? So. I said Tampa. I think oh, Tampa. Oh, Tampa. Gets them. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, you cut off on my, on my end. That's the one problem about doing this remotely is talking over someone else and not seeing what, yeah. Uh, but we're trying. You know, we're doing the best we can, which everyone else is doing. Um, I I think they have a, definitely have the potential to get to the cup because, again, like, you know, to start off our, our, our uh, show tonight, you know, one of the first things to say was they were playing great hockey down the stretch at, before shutdown. And hopefully i mean they have a good team they have a young, nice young team a lot of spunk so hopefully they can come out and, and just hopefully take people by surprise if they can take care of tampa i know they can take care of washington i'm not worried about washington um uh boston i mean the flyers start off against boston we'll we'll see but they they can be a tough team but like like, Ga like yeah like gary said it, it comes down to carter hart and i think uh i think 
the captain puts all his critics to rest. I think he has a good postseason, and uh, I think they make a run. I, I don't know if they win it all, but they're going to make a deep run. He's finally got hot players around him. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. That's true. Yeah. And Sean is Sean is on his game, and you know everyone just seems to TK. They have all just seemed to like be clicking at the same time. So hopefully they. It was hard to see from that first sort of exhibition game um, what was really going on. They looked pretty good, um, but then again, I'm distracted by. I was looking right at what they did with the building and what you could hear and the noises and how it was, what it was going to look like. And um, sure, distracted by that a little bit. And I thought it just seemed a little bit like, hmm. But maybe that's just everyone getting their their feet wet and you know trying to. Like Kevin Hayes, he was all over the place. Was all that? over the place. Yeah. yeah, he ended up. I remember that was that's interesting. I remember, you know, it was one of the few times where a big money contract signing really worked out for that first year. I mean, everybody was kind of a little leery, like, wow, you know, that's a lot of money, and like these usually don't work. This one worked out, so good yeah. mm-hmm. And he won the uh Gene Hart Memorial Award this year as the player with the most heart, so that's that's like. Saying you're a real flyer, so nice, yeah. He did, he did well. He had a great season, and you know, hopefully, he'll be around for a while. That's awesome. I did want to yep. ask you because I, when I, I think it was earlier this season when I was at a, at a game, I noticed that your song, yeah. like you know, that you the track that you sing along to, did that? Did they change that this year? We did change it. Yeah, I we like it. I, it. I like it better. Have, yeah. What's that? I like it better. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, it was around for, it had seen its day, you know, and I'm, you know, I wanted to get guitars in there, and, mm-hmm. you know, I've always. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Um, oh, there you go. Aerosmith guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just change it up. Just make, you know, just make it different. Obviously, I've done it about a million times, so. Um, I, and I like having music as opposed to, although during these playoffs, you may see it without music. It may just be me singing, but I do like having music. So it was time to change it up, but I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you noticed. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's the, you know, the musician's ear, you know, you know how it is, Lauren. Don't ask <laughs> these two guys about that, but you know, we can yeah. act like that. <laughs> remix. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll have to do another one. Ah, You're a hack. <laughs> I'm a so hack. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I, I try to credits do. I, I, you know, John's totally accurate with that. I, you know, I don't, I don't have the musician's ear that, that he does, and you know, the talent or any of that. Oh, so. I'm the numbers guy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what you like, and you know what? Yeah. That's that's all that matters. You know what you like. So that's everyone's everyone's got their ear for music. Well, Lauren, we we want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, and uh, you know, I can't thank you enough. It, 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 and again, I thought you were a perfect guest for tonight to talk some flyers, get you know, get people pumped up, get us ready for this uh, you know round robin, and then the playoff. And it, boom, we're right into it, and it's going to be so much fun. It's it going to be fun. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be, I got a giant, um, like sixteen foot outdoor, sixteen by sixteen foot outdoor like screen where you can. You know, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to put it out in my front yard, and so I'm going to invite my neighbors, bring your lawn chairs over. That's awesome. And uh, we can watch on the on the front lawn. Yeah, because like, you need to have a crowd. You yeah. need to have people together. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's and, great. And, yeah, and we'll look. Uh, we'll obviously look forward to, to seeing you. I was going to ask you about that too. Like if they were going to do something with you know with the uh, introduction, if you're going to be singing and stuff. So that that's great to hear that they're actually talking about that. So. Yeah, we will. We'll be doing something. I think for these first couple round robin games, it's going to be a a lot like a record a pre recorded um, version video of it, like a like this kind of uh, setup. And then once we get into the actual playoff round, then we're going to do take it to the next level. You know, I said, you know what? I said, let's go down to the building and let's let's all do our gig right where we are. No people. But I thought it'd be really cool to down there on the ice, even if they're not there and send it out. You know, so, oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, have Lou Nolan there and, you know, making the calls in between. You have your broadcasters there already. So we'll, we'll see what they I think this is kind of a work in, in progress as they go along, so we'll see what happens. But even if I'm doing nothing, you will find me because I, I already posted it once for the first game. Um, I, I uh, sang it in my shower because <laughs> <laughs> the acoustics were great, and I posted it, so I thought everybody really liked enjoyed uh, that I put up the anthem before the game the other day. And if – if not for anything, I will find a way to, to put it out there for everyone. We're getting some reactions, too. Uh, people seem yeah. to be on board with that idea of not not the shower, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, singing it at the arena. That would be, uh, be pretty awesome. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. It would be cool, I think, you know. It could be, it, it could be like, all the lighting and dark and everything like that mm-hmm. and just as is, you know, and try to get that, get that vibe going and the whole, you know, I mean, I think it's really important for the for the teams to have their home sort of things. You know, their broadcasters, their their singers, their you know on air talent, in between um, live talent, and all that stuff to be part of it to really make it feel like it's 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 the real thing. You know, so I think they'll find a way to do that for sure. Yeah, it'll, it'll be actually interesting to see like. See how it is for you to, if you were to do it, to sing in the stadium, in an empty stadium. And I don't know, like, would the acoustics be different in an empty stadium, too? It would be. See, you were very musical. Of course you are. Um, It would be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be amazing because you have all that great area to sing in and sound. And there's, because there's no people, it would just be really rich and big and loud. And it would be kind of really cool, so. I'm voting for that. We'll see what happens. That'd be, and then, uh, that'd be cool. I will see you before the games, I hope. Sound? That's, yeah, that sounds awesome. No better way to get fired up than the best anthem singer in the NHL, Miss Lauren Hart. <laughs> Yay. Hey, that's, I'm, that, that's not just an opinion. That's a fact, right? It's, vo- it's voting. It's, it's fact. Cheers, it's fact. Yeah. yeah, cheers to that, Lauren. Of course it is. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it's really great to see you guys, and I'll be, you know, hopefully we can talk before uh, we we lift that cup. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Let's We're go Flyers, baby. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you so much for Bye. coming on. You take Thank care. You. All go right. Flyers. Go Flyers. Thanks, Lauren. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was great. Yes, it was. She's she's fantastic. She is. She really is. She's very down to earth and you know, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan's not uh, at his uh, 
areas, so he's not on. Uh, the, oh, no, no, he's not there. I see you. I see Debbie in the picture. Uh, so once uh, Ryan's back, I'll bring him back on. But yeah, so why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little bit about the uh, about the Flyers, um, even though we just did for the last you know half hour. But again, I, I mean, are, are you guys? So you guys don't think they can win. I didn't say. I'm. I'm saying. I didn't say I don't yeah. think they could win. My opinion. I mean, they got a good shot, but are they the? Would I call them the favorite right now? No, I wouldn't call them the favorite. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, if they get back to the way they were before everything was shut down, Mike, as another team, I wouldn't be the one that wants to play them. No. No. I mean, you know, they're, if Carter, they're one of the hottest teams in hockey. If Carter Hart gets hot and he's like a wall, you can't get nothing past him, and you see where he does that bob with his head when he's doing well, you're not you're not going to beat him. You're just not. All right. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, that's uh, – look, man, I, I, I hope so. Um, it would be uh, – It'd be a great uh, came out, and it'd be somewhere out of nowhere. Like they, they weren't expected to be where they are right now. Cinderella story comes out of nowhere. Really, it is former groundskeeper. Yeah. Former groundskeeper. You just about a tree iron on the 18th, <laughs> on the 18th hole. Like if he, if if Carter Hart starts doing that head bob and the fucking shoulder shake, that means he's on his game. You're not going to beat him. You're just not. And the thing is, yeah, th- they have a good. They have a good defense this year. And, oh, damn. I wanted to, when she was talking about, uh, you know, when you were talking about Kevin Hayes, I wanted to bring up about Provorov. Provorov, when they when they had the shutdown, Provorov had an advantage. Hey, Ryan's back. When they had a shutdown, um, uh, Provorov did not stop working the entire time. Um, Ryan's coming on here. I need to work out. Yeah, hold on, let me bring Ryan in. He's there. Yeah, I see him. I had, I had to unmute. There you are. Okay, I had to unmute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they have a good defense. I mean, Provorov uh, again. Provorov was was during the during the break. He he just he was practicing, practicing. He had he had access to a private rink, so the entire time all he did was work out, work out, work out. And that first game, the first scrimmage game, he, he looked like he never. Yeah, like Ryan just said, he looked like he never stopped. Yeah. You, you could tell he was the only one that truly had his legs on the room. Yep. So what's that tell you? That's a play, that's a player on a mission. That's, that's why they extended him. He's going to be done. He's going to become one of the top three, five defensemen in the NHL, like in the next year or two. Like yep. if you remember before the trade deadline, there was rumors swirling around that they were going to trade him. Ghost. Him or ghost. Yeah. I never heard pro roll. I heard ghost. Not pro Oh, it was ghost. I'm sorry. Fuck you! I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you know. So Lars off the air, so we can start the curse. So Sean literally just throwing it out there. Sean literally went with the only two things on the soundboard to start the show that didn't have curses in it. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. And I screwed up because I started off with Lauren's intro instead. Of, I forgot that it's in, it should be in the middle of the uh, actual song. I'm like, yeah, I'll make it work. And I just put it. It's true. It's a unicorn. Uh, it's man. fine. Yeah, it worked. So uh, I, I missed it. Like, I had some things come up, but... um, She was smiling and working the whole time. She enjoyed what her, it. Yeah. What was her prediction for the Flyers? They hoist the cup. Really? I, I guess that's probably about what... I, I mean, I don't know if she necessarily all out predicted it, but I think that her... That seemed to be the way she was leading. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
like before this one all went down, if you ask me, like the Flyers were the team that nobody wanted to play. No. They were hands down the hottest team in the NHL. They, they, they have balanced, and, um, balanced scoring. They have good defense and a good goaltender. They're young. Yeah. They're spunky. They have a lot of speed. They have, uh, they, they have a lot of heart. Pardon the pun. You know. New upper, well, new upper management, new coaching as well, Sean. Big time. That philosophy, that that entire locker room changed when Hackstall left, and, and yeah. AV came in, and it's been a, just a complete different philosophy. Kill or be killed, and like it's it's that's what it seems like. It's like if you're not going to perform, you're on the bench, you know. And you didn't see he that before, years. right? He demands perfection. We we talked about that. We talked about that when they when they hired him. Like he's the only down. Like the only negative on on a coach like Vigneault is it just seems like after three four years his message gets stale. Right. So he's going to be another lobby type guy. Right. So like right now though, like, like we talked about that. That's the thing. Like he's not a he doesn't care what you're getting paid. He doesn't care if there's a letter on your jersey. He doesn't care the number or the name on the back of your jersey. Producer stick. Right. If you're not playing well, you're not going to play. Right. So, like, I mean, that's the thing. Um, but he also you know, he also wants the player to know, look, if you're not producing and I put you on the bench, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we want players out there that are going to get us to the we, – we want to no, double. Figure it out. Right, so if you're able to recoup and get better the next game, then I'll put you back in. Yeah. But if you're not going to do it this game, you're going to sit. Say hi. Somebody wants to say hi. So, yeah. Somebody wants to say hi. All right. Hello. Hi. How are you, Mr. Sheed? Oh, What's hi, Mr. Sheed? Good to see you again. I'm looking at all them. They're all looking here. <laughs> How are you? Oh, wow. Well, Greg is here. Guys. Greg. Oh, man. Hi. Oh. We got a family affair. Yeah. How are you? Oh, my God. Look, you look like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, look, it's the Geritol Club. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Santa. So, for those who are listening, Gary, Gary's on the screen here, and Gary's got a full-on... A full-on gray beard. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, there was no. It was all, guys, it was all touching and sentimental, and then all of a sudden it just went to shit. <laughs> there's no dark. There's no dark left in it, bro. No more. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but getting back to the Flyers, um, like like I said, we I talked about with Lauren a little bit. Um, every team lost their momentum here. The Bruins, the Lightning. Um, who's the other real good? Um, good team in the east um washington, boston washington college. tampa bay so, so every team every team lost I, i'm not worried about tampa bay i think they they're third well we talked um, we talked about it last week how tampa bay last year had the best team in the nhl they look like no one's gonna beat them and then they got bounced in the first round right so you know that, that yeah. right So I, yeah, I, it's breaking up here. All right, so um, we gave our predictions, Ryan. So what do you what do you think? And then we'll move on. What what, what do you think? What they're going to do? Uh, so I'm just going to go on how they were playing. How they were playing. 
I believe the Flyers at least get to the finals. Um, so I, I'm going to say the Blues and the Flyers in the finals. Okay. Well, it starts on Sunday. Let's yeah, go Flyers, baby. Good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. What time is what? Uh, I have to look. Let me, let me, give me a second. Um, yeah, yeah. so they, they start, uh, obviously, it's against, the, against the Bruins. And three. they start off. Three o'clock. Three. Uh, three o'clock, yeah. Three o'clock against the Bruins. So this week, their next game is. they're on every channel. Every ne- channel that hockey's broadcasting, they're on. Their next game's Thursday against Washington. And then the game after that is Saturday. Um, so they'll they'll have two out of two out of three games in the round robin done by the time we do our next show. And then we'll, maybe we'll get a you know a two games is not going to really show you much, but if they play really well, well our confidence is going to get best competition though. Yeah. So our I mean our confidence might go up even higher, you know, come next week. We'll see. And then next week we'll we'll really dive in a little more. Not that we haven't spent forty minutes I mean, on I the know Flyers. In the, in the one preseason game, like like did you see that pass that Konecki made? Yeah. Yeah, it was like it was, a, 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 basically across the whole ice. Like, a, yeah, it was it was uh, dead on, man. That was awesome, and they they played well. They looked good. So, uh, so we also have another sport that is starting this weekend. The Philadelphia 76ers and NBA uh, is kicking off on Saturday. What's that, Mike? What do you got there? That's Moses Malone. Oh, you got Moses shirt. Oh, yeah. Was that from that? Uh, yeah, it was from the, the Sixers game. My my yeah. sister uh, actually got it for me. It was one of the giveaways at the Sixers game, and it was obviously way too big for her. So I lucked out and got a nice uh, nice shirt. That's awesome. Go, yeah, that's awesome. Moses. Yeah, so, uh, I think it was, it was sponsored by Mitchell and Ness, so it's actually a Mitchell and Ness shirt. Oh, cool. So, Free stuff is always the best stuff. Well, 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 speaking of Moses, I mean – the last time, you know, Moses was on the team. They won the championship, and then we're hearing a lot of chatter this week. And B it was on uh, another podcast hosted by some cocksucking douchebag, but we'll let that go. Yeah. Um, but he was on a podcast, and basically, like, you know, he said that he wants to play with Ben for the rest of his career, and they're going to win championships together. And I know that there's a PC. Like, I know he's being PC, right? Nice poor guy. Uh, Perfect. I, yeah, I was actually going to say, I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's not like he could – he can't say anything else. But he didn't have to say that. Right. But the fact that he actually came out and said it, though, like he addressed what was going on before, like right before the shutdown, how that, you know, the, apparently there was a rift between him and Simmons. He didn't have to say anything. So the fact that he came out and said that, um, I, I think there's a different kind of, I, I hope, I hope, and Mike, you'll test this every week. I hated them, and then I loved them. I hated them, then I loved them. But I will say, um, I think there's – it seems like there's a new found focus with this team. So um, – and if there's a new found focus with this team, because they're very, very, very talented, we all call it right. So that's – that's so, what it's going to yeah. come down to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what? It's – you know, it's, it's interesting. It's the polar opposite of – the Flyers, where we talked about, like, they may not be the best team, but they have, might have the best chemistry, and that's maybe why the Sixers, talent-wise, might be the best team. Maybe the best team in basketball. It's hard to say, uh, but 
chemistry-wise, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess neither one of them, they don't have any top five players, but all around starting, I mean, they they got like four guys that might be close to top 20. I mean, would, would you take the, have, the, the Clippers? They also have two potential, they, they also have two potential generational players. Right. Yeah, I, and I'm not taking. I'm not disrespecting the Sixers, but I, I think they're a, a very talented team. But I look at the Clippers, and the talent they have. I mean, even, even the Lakers and the Lakers, obviously. I mean, the Lakers are, you know, playing really good ball, and then they they won last night to start off the uh, season, um, the, or the restart, I guess I should say. So, oh, as Ben Simmons, is- Ben Simmons released a statement about Embiid. By the way. <laughs> Jesus. Molly, no, actually, Simmons. Molly, uh, tried Molly to, said Mo- that Simmons is actually shooting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> final fuckly or final fuckingly? Yes. Final fuckingly. Um, I never heard. Which uh, final is, fucking is true? Lee. Hopefully. How are you going to be on this podcast and say fuck the Sixers, Gary? Uh, Gary, Gary puts in the chat room. Fuck the Sixers. There's always some type of dra- of of drama of period of drama. Yeah, it's all like it's all like not English typed out and like <laughs> all capital letters and all shit. Tibet Sixers. Tibet. Tibet. Tibet Sixers of of drama. All in caps, like a grandfather types. <laughs> Like Santa Claus. Like like Santa Claus would write a letter to a kid and all. And all. Hey, Mr. She. What's up, you Korean killing motherfucker? Not Korean, Vietnamese. Oh man, yeah, I haven't seen Mr. I haven't, man, I miss you guys, man. Yeah. Soon, hopefully we'll soon. There, yeah. We'll get there. The thing is about getting back to the NBA comment. Bam and basket. Don't forget that. Yeah. The 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 thing is, is that I felt that it was always overblown. I never thought that Embiid and Simmons didn't get along. I don't think that they're best friends. I don't think they're ever going to be best friends. They're not the same type of people. They they're you know it's they're they're not going to be hanging out together. That's just not the way it's going to be. But, but it's fun, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, like, I'm sorry to cut you off, Mike, but actually the game last night, Stan Van Gundy was talking about that kind of stuff. He didn't – like the Sixers weren't mentioned, but he was talking about, you know, I coached a long time in the NBA, and I've come across guys who were best friends and played great together, who were best friends and couldn't play together. And then he's come across guys who hated each other mm. but great together. Right. So – I don't care if they're best friends or not. I don't care. It's about how they play on the court. You know, so I guess I guess the one thing that's good is it didn't turn out to be a Shaq Kobe thing where they, you know, where they basically flat out said they can't stand each other. So as, long, as long as it's not that, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, I'm perfectly fine with the relationship they have. I think that they probably do. They probably feel that they have a good chance to win and be two generational players on one team have a chance to really do some damage. So I don't know why they wouldn't want to play together. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about Embiid that there's times where, like, it seems a little lazy. And with how hard Ben Simmons works, that probably bothers him. Right. 
And not only that, but Ben Simmons is a lot more quiet and Embiid's a little bit more of the show-me, showy, outspoken type. Simmons is a quiet, reserved type guy. They're different people. Yeah. So and, Yeah. Yep. No, and and even, when, yeah. even when Embiid's calling out Simmons for not shooting, I think it's coming from a good spot. I mean, he's trying to help him. You know, I'm not sure. Somebody's got to call him out. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's, you know, Simmons appreciates it, but, I mean, I don't think that – and B, I don't think Embiid's doing it to be a dick. I think Embiid's right. doing it because he's outspoken. That's how who he is, and because he, you know, he's trying to push him and help. Like maybe if I say something, he'll get the message and just like and come on, Ben, you ain't got to shoot fifty percent. You ain't got to just shoot thirty-five percent. Like, yeah, yeah, and, and he he has like that. That's the one thing. Like when he when he came out of college, and I know we've brought this up on the show before, but when he came out of college. He was he was looked at as oh he he's lazy you know because he he was only looking for that ride he knew he's gonna be the number one pick in the draft so he like skated through LSU and all that because he didn't even want to go to college he was forced to right but but the yeah. thing is it wasn't like the guy wasn't playing he was playing hard and it was like oh he's lazy he doesn't work and then like that that first that off season or before the season started all you saw was videos of him in the gym working out all of a sudden you see him getting bigger and all like all this shit all all these people that that swirl these rumors around because they and, and the best part is most of these motherfuckers never even saw the kid play. Okay, they just go off of sports radio and and, and you know I'm not going to name them, but the you know the, the the stations in this city who have these dumbass callers who call up and yeah you know so, he, he can't work hard you know well, just the same the same old just, rhetoric bullshit. It's not just the caller too. No, it's, it's not. It's no. the the. The DJs that go on, or whatever the, the personalities the that go on, that want to stir up controversy, they're trying to get ratings. They don't care about like who they're insulting. They don't care about. They don't care if the team wins. The team loses. Their their ratings go up, and they're happier. Right. Like that. Anybody at this point of his career, anybody that's uttered their words, we should trade Simmons. Has no idea what they're talking about. Right. Simmons has the potential if he puts it together. He has the potential to become like a LeBron Magic Johnson type player. Yep. Yeah. Like I'm not saying he's that guy. I'm, but like, the, but the same the so same I don't want to of... get killed for comparing him. No, to that, but, but the, he has the potential but... to be that. Right. I agree. Yeah. He, I agree. He's got I, the I skill think he set. Does have the potential. He's not that yet. But yeah. he's, he's been faults, that's for sure. <laughs> you just sit there and smoke your cigarette, Doc. Yeah, the best part was we're talking to Lauren. Jake Milton's better than Fulton. Yeah, we're talking we're talking to Lauren Hart about you know Oscar Lindblom and cancer, and then here comes Gary with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and I was like, what the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> I didn't want to say nothing. I was, but I was just like, oh, yeah, like this is perfect. Like really, <laughs> yo, you might see him in the playoffs. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Will he actually be able to suit up and skate? He's on. He's on the active roster. He's on the yeah, roster. Yeah, he's cleared for contact, Mike. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize he was that close. Yeah, pretty wild. So yeah, I mean, he was done for the season, but now with the four four month layoff, he's got it. Wow, how about that? Well, that's a great. Story. And let's not get it twisted. Like I don't, I don't want to sound, you know, insensitive here, but like. Oscar Limbaum wasn't the greatest player, but with this going on, the restart, if he ends up on the ice, 
you know the kind of motivation that the emotional yeah. the game like, like let's win this for oscar yeah i mean he's like, he's a young kid he came up you know with high expectations he's still finding his way and you, you've seen him kind of, yeah. you know, make, making his way, and he's improving and stuff like that. I mean, ho- you know, hockey's kind of – sometimes it takes these guys a little bit longer. I don't think he's ever going to be, like, a superstar, but he's going to be a nice piece as long as things continue to go well for him. So. If you want to do a player, he's been through, though. God right. bless him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so so back to the Sixers. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Molly. Yeah, Molly said the bench away from Kendall. Yeah. yeah. Six weeks in the – yeah. <laughs> his back's all sore. Ugh. Trying to hit, yeah. clap, clap, <laughs> clapping those cheeks. He's all, he's all drippy. Sticking to his draw. <laughs> he's got a nice, he's got a nice bro right going on right now. His yeah. yeah. It stinks. So as we're on the NBA, did anybody watch the games last night? Yeah. Awesome, I did. Awesome basketball. Awesome basketball. And I got to tell you, yeah, like the finish of both games, like is the reason why I love this game. Like, there were no fans, but it was awesome. It didn't matter. It was. It didn't. No. Sean, I like you hear the squeaking of the shoes on the court, and it's like, oh my god, what's going on? Here? But it didn't matter. It didn't. No, and, and, and one positive, it, right. one positive that's coming from the fans not being there, these camera angles that they're able mm-hmm. to get. Like that uh, camera that, that's going yeah. around the side. That, that, that automatic, the automatic table. one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. That camera angle is unbelievable. When man. you saw that one pass, I think was it LeBron, passed it from it made an inbound pass, and it was like, and you can see how fast it was. You're like, wow, that's what it looks like on the court. You know, like it's so different and from when you're playing. There was one in the first game, Zion, which um, that's another subject. I'm getting tired of him being shoved down my throat. But anyway. <laughs> he, Hold on, again. Straight off. true. But he, he basically acted like a point guard. Like, he took the ball, he came up court, and, like, he went around this dude and gave this sick, like, behind-the-back pass, mm-hmm. and Drew Holiday just laid it off. It was, like, it was like, whoa. Did you did you see that picture? The, the picture I sent you with Zion next to his teammates. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he looks like fucking uh, I, dude. He's like six times the I size f- of the other players. I forget what it yeah, said. He's only a teenager, right? He's twenty. Jesus Christ, okay. well, man. close enough, dude. He's he's fucking triple the size of, of the other player. It's insane. Yeah, what did yeah, he say? Ball. It's something. Oh, I forget what he said. Uh, Ryan will look it up, but. Um, he said something about like he's you know he looks like a monster in Space Jam. Oh yeah, Space Jam. That's what it was. He look, yeah, he looks like a monster. Yeah, he was the star. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He and it's the, holy crap, man. It, it it's the truth. It's like he he looks like he's injected with something. It's crazy. All right, so um, we we you know we have we have about eight games before we get into the playoffs for the Sixers, but uh, you know they have a few games this week. Um, they kick off tomorrow. What time is their game tomorrow? Well, I think it's eight o'clock. Yeah, eight they, o'clock have, they have a couple. Uh, uh, like, I guess Ryan was mentioned. They have a couple national games. They're gonna be all over TV. So tomorrow, I uh, the Pacers at seven. Uh, seven. Yeah, and then uh, this week they have the Spurs on Monday at eight. 
Then they have a 4 o'clock game on Wednesday against the Wizards. That's going to be awesome. You get home from work, you pop that on. All right. Yeah, and, and then uh, by the time we're on the air, uh, the Magic and the Sixers will be probably wrapping up their game. So that's who they got this week. Um, I just want to see chemistry because we, we brought up last week there was – Tobias Harris was kind of alluding to the fact that this team – maybe struggling with chemistry or was struggling with chemistry down the stretch. You know, I just want to see them play together, man. I just want to get minutes on the floor. These eight games, I don't care if they go four and four because the seeding doesn't matter because there's no home court. No. So um, I don't care if they go four and four and they finish with the eighth seed even. I don't care. What I want to see is this team gelling and playing well. Like, like, Live to the potential that this team can can have, and I'm I'm really really intrigued with Ben Simmons at the four because mm-hmm. I, I I really think they have a player in shape. I uh, the more minutes he gets, he'd be he'd replace Fultz and be partially what we were hoping Fultz would be. Mm-hmm. That would be. I mean, that's that that stuff would be ideal, Mike. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's got the chance to be really good. It's got the chance to be okay, or it's got the chance to be a failure. I mean. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Like they might get bounced in the first round. They might win the whole thing. Right. I still think talent-wise that I would. I'll throw one beat against Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. He dominates them yeah, every he time they play against yep. each other. Right. Yep. Now, LeBron's still phenomenal. But I think if we throw enough guys at LeBron, we've got a chance to slow him down, too. Between throwing throwing Simmons at him a little bit, Richardson at him a little bit. Kuzma's like, a pretty decent make player, J, too. Make J.R. Smith and, and uh, who's the other one? Uh, Patrick Beverly beat it. No, he's on the Clippers. Right. Make J.R. Smith and – um. Kuzma? Um, Kuzma. 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 Yeah. Make them yeah. two guys beat you. Yeah. I mean, and then, no. and then the Clippers the same thing. I mean, you, you got Josh Richardson, you got Simmons, you got Tobias, who's not as good defensively, but isn't bad. You got enough of those guys that you can throw. Al Horford's still pretty good defensive presence. I think you could stop George and, and Kwai if you needed to. And let's not get it that, you know, um, we've all been down on Al Horford. It hasn't gone well. But Al Horford's a veteran player who's been through it in the playoffs. This is his right. time. This is his time. Right. I guarantee, I guarantee you see a different kind of Al Horford in the playoffs. And he's had four months to rest. I mean, this, his old knees and this, like, he's, you know, he's a little bit more healthy now. Like, yeah, He even had a little be... hair coming out of his head. I'm like, damn. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. My knees are sore. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Don't next week. Gary will be sleeping by the time that Rich Miano gets on. <laughs> so, nope. so, next nope. week, nope. We'll, we'll be halfway through the, uh, the, the the restart season. So, we'll, we'll get more to the Sixers. We'll give our predictions later. Um, but I wanted to bring up uh, former Sixer, though. Uh, Lou Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Williams. Lou Williams had to uh, self to another topic. He had a self quarantine because he went to the magic magic house in Orlando. He left the bubble 
to get wings from a strip club called the Magic House. My ass got infected, Coach. So seriously, wait a second. He, he went to Atlanta. Like he was out for other reasons. Or, or, I mean, or Orlando. But whatever the case is, somebody please explain to me why the fuck a strip club's essential. What are they doing open? Hey, Mike, that was the, the, that was one thing I thought. But also, the, there's another issue here. If you're going to the strip club for the buffet, like you got, you, there, well, there's a problem there. there. What is oh, it? It is all you I can. Don't want, I don't want booty juice on my wings. It is all you can eat. <laughs> and both sides, of, like, do, do the strippers have masks on? What's the matter? You what? You don't want no snapper slime? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, are, are, is all their clothes off except for a mask? Good snapper slime. Oh, it stinks. <laughs> do they have? Do they have a mask on their cooch? Like, like what's going on here? <laughs> the mask on the face is the new pasty. <laughs> uh. Even fucking snail marks. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, your dollar bills are, like, in pl- you have to, like, Ziploc bag them before you can throw them at them. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. You're ridiculous, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Polsky just said, well, yeah, he, Mike's right. How How is the strip club essential? And it's the truth, man. You know why? Because it's Florida. That's why. Because Florida never shut down, and they're a bunch of idiots. That's why. There's another state that never shut down, and we'll get into that. Is Florida? It, was it Florida, or was that Atlanta? Or no, you're, you're thinking of something later that we'll get into. That was this was in Orlando. Magic City's in Orlando. Oh, the best Orlando part is. In Orlando. Yeah. Um, uh, the best part was. Well, that, either way, both of those both of those two states are just idiots. Uh, <laughs> the, the best part was was uh, Johnny Manziel comes out and he tweets out. He goes, "I can't lie, Magic House has some banging ass wings." <laughs> <laughs> Booty juice and everything. Yeah, yeah, but is he, is he talking about wings? Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> is he talking about the thighs or the wings? He's getting wings. Polsky said Corona crabs. And I just, Corona crabs. <laughs> Corona crabs. And the other thing is, is like, I just can't see a strip club being one of the uh, sanitary places. But Mike, like, Mike, it is. They are kind of essential, man. All these girls got to put themselves through college, man. How are they going to get an education? How are they going to get an education? I got, I, I, I don't know how to justify that with an answer. It's yeah, the colleges that only accept one dollar bills. Yeah, you smear you smear your children on the fucking pole, and then you have a virtual class. <laughs> smear them on the pole, just like your cum sock. You got it all over my shirt. <laughs> uh. Eight spiders. Huh? Spider. What about spider? Uh, that, that means worried about a centipede. Uh. <laughs> I guess Lou Williams was worried about a centipede too. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, 
I don't know what he was thinking. I, just don't get it. I don't know what he was yeah, thinking. What are you thinking? Stupid. Yeah, like he's a veteran player. Like he's he's one that you need to show an example. And he's a you know, I just wanted some wings. You know, I well, what are the wings that go in your pizza store? Isn't there a pizza store that you could have them deliver? What about Grubhub? You know, a non-contact delivery. Like, <laughs> now he come ordered, on, man. He ordered from Cumhub, not Grubhub. Yeah, that, that's what I, he downloaded the wrong app. Yeah. God damn it. Fucking slob. New sexy singles now wear their mask under their nose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why don't we... <laughs> Why don't we, uh, we, 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 we got a stale beer. We got a stale. Oh, just by, so you know, uh, Rich, Rich Miano will be on, uh, former Philadelphia Eagle. I, didn't, I, I don't think I, I put it on the uh, thing here, but I didn't mention it on the show. Rich Miano, former Philadelphia Eagle, will be on, but he's going to be on a little bit later. He's, he's going to be like the last thing we do tonight. Um, he's, he's in Hawaii and he has some stuff to do, so. Like, you know, remember last, last time we sitting had, by the beach. We had, we, we had celebrities on our show at the end of the show. Remember how well that turned out? Yeah. KK and Brett Myers. Well, by the way, uh, yeah. by the way, I didn't ask the infamous question. What are you drinking? Well, I drink uh, two-hearted ale. Okay. And now I got the Sculpin. <laughs> look, at, look, at, look at that view. We're all holding our beers. That's for you. So, and I'll show you. This, this is what my sister is drinking. Vodka? Was it? Oh, vodka? Seltzers. Oh, Jesus. Ah, uh, chick drink. What do you, what do you got, yeah, guys? That shit. Gary, what are you drinking? Uh, fathead groovy juice. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, groovy juice? Look at that fucking haircut. Groovy Jews. There's no Jews that are groovy. Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck, man? What the fuck? All right, so we... All right, we... so I'll just do it now since, you know, Gary's... I'll take the name. What do you, what, what, what do you got? You got rum and coke, right? Yeah. You're taking the name? What are you, spitting or swallowing? Yeah, I got Bacardi. Okay, I'm I'm just doing um, a, I'm just doing a lager. I'm just doing a lager. All right. Well, we haven't done this one in a long time, and I think this is a perfect segue to our next topic. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. Stale beer, uh, Mike. Why don't you start this? Because I, I, we all have the same. This is a, a collective stale beer. Uh, this is pretty insane. Yeah. So our stale beer is the Miami Marlin. What the fuck, guys? Like, what's wrong with you? Why would you go to a strip club as the season's starting? They're trying to make this work. Idiots think that this is the perfect opportunity to go to again a non-essential fucking place, strip club. Georgia, get your heads out of your ass for like you know you guys have screwed this up from the beginning. MLB, you guys clearly didn't have a plan for when something like this happened. 
And then on top of it, Miami, you know Friday or Saturday that you have players and you just play anyway? Fuck you guys, you assholes. Like, where I'm gonna get to, where's the management allowing this to happen? Like, there's 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 supposed to be a a virus officer on each team. Where's he at allowing these guys to do this? It could have been one guy, or well, obviously whoever was more than one guy. Well, no, it could have been one. It could have been like whoever the guys that went to like it could have been guys that got it. Why would you not say something when you first found out? They did. There was a group text message between them and the Phillies, and they all said, "Yeah, let's play." Mm. Uh, I didn't know. Where if it, is, was that where between the Phillies Bob or between their own? Was that between the Phillies or just their own players? The, just the Marlins players. Well, well, I heard it was between the Phillies on Sunday, but the Marlins knew about it like Saturday too. Right. The Marlins had a group text message and they talked about it, and they all said, "Yeah, we want to play." Then they notified the Phillies. The Phillies talked about it, and the Phillies said, "All right, yeah, let's play." Jesus so, Christ. I don't. I don't blame them. As fucked up as that is that the Marlins went to a strip club and they got the... I don't blame them. This is on Rob Manford. Rob Manford needs to step in and say, you guys aren't playing. Go quarantine. See, I, I, I'll, differ, I'll differ a little bit because I think that if the players knew, that means the manager knew. And if the manager knew and allowed them to go out there and possibly infect other players, that's on the manager too. And, and management and everyone, yeah, I, Gary, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that because I, I think that if they knew, they need to step up again. You know what, guys? Let's put postpone this. Let's not infect anything. For, let's not make anything worse. And now look at it. It's been a week. The Phillies and Marlins played three games, and that's it. They've been shut down, and and this weekend's games are shut down now. And honestly, actually, you just brought Manford. Uh, he comes out today, uh, or he went to um, Tony Clark. The, who's in charge of the player personnel, and basically said, uh, if there's more cases next week, we're probably going to shut down. Because What's wrong with yeah. for the entire league? So, so I will say, though, the MLB has done one thing that's pretty cool. They managed to have opening day and the last day of the season in the same week. It's pretty amazing. Thanks, man. Pretty, pretty cool. awesome. It's true. That's <laughs> pretty true. Yeah. It's and what is the plan? Like, are they like we're just gonna see how this 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 plays out with the Phillies and, and the Marlins? Like, they're just you know they they got like six games to make up on every other team now, and we're just gonna we're gonna just let this play out and see what what develops. That's another thing too. Like when the playoffs start, when the playoffs start, it doesn't go by your win loss. The the, the seeding is gonna go by your win percentage. Right. So you may have a team that played seven last games and has a better win percentage than a team that played all 60, and that team doesn't make the playoffs. Stupid. Right. Once, once again, Major League Baseball has figured out a way to completely fuck it up. Yeah. They, they didn't have a plan. They didn't have a like, How do you not have a plan for this happening? Like, it's just blatant disregard. Like there's there's just no consideration. You're this is, this, fucking chip bags. This is like the office space thing where they're just oh, we just fixed the glitch. Well, we're gonna tell them no. We're just gonna let this work yeah. itself. Yeah, you know, if you could, you know, just not tell us you went to the strip club, that would be great. That'd be yeah. good. Okay. 
and it's the truth. Like, so from the start, um, this this whole this whole thing has been a mess from the start between the negotiations that broke down, between oh, the agreement, all, every all that stuff, right? I mean, we were we were we talked about. It. I think we were all, we did one show while all that was going on, and then one of the ideas was that they would have two bubbles. One would be in Florida. One would be in Arizona. I understand that both sta- <laughs> right. I understand that both places hadn't worked out, but the the idea was there where it was the the grapefruit and the cactus league teams would stay where they were, and it, even if you had to move locations, but you know it doesn't even matter because if you stayed in that bubble, because I mean think about it, the, look at the NBA again. Uh, we will say it again. Right. Look at the NBA. They're right. in one of the the hottest spots in the world in Florida. They haven't had one positive case because right. they're living in a bubble. They could have made this work. And then there, are, there is a lot. You're talking 16 teams having to be in this bubble. That, that's a lot. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you can divide it. Because think about it. I mean, Florida has plenty of places to play. I mean, that's they play baseball, baseball year-round down there. But there's 30 teams in the NBA, and they're all living in the same bubble. Well, there's only yeah. 22 playing work. right there's now. There's 22. Right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it'll be 16 from the MLB. But still, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And it could work. Who told you to go to a strip club? I didn't tell you to go to a strip club. Nobody knows what a strip club is. Nobody knows what can happen in a strip club. Nobody knows what wants that booty juice. <laughs> Nobody knows what that yeah, booty, man, booty juice goes on. Who told you to eat them wings? I didn't tell you to eat them hot wings. Nobody knows what hot wings can do. <laughs> Jackie Charles. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, that's definitely our, our still beer, you know. And you know what the thing is, is that Miami sucks anyway. See, but the, I'm like, I'm sorry, but the stale beer isn't even just on Rob Manford. It's not even on just the Marlins. It's on the state of Georgia. Why are strip clubs open? It's on the mm-hmm. state of Florida with Lou Williams, like you said. Why? Yeah. Why are they open? Why are they open? Because they want to get why? some stank on the hang load and what's some booty juice. And Florida and Georgia are, the, are two of the states – they only shut down for like two weeks, and then they said, "Fuck it." That's why their states are falling apart. Like, is a snail trail that important? It's just, you know what? It's just the dumb. It's the dumb southern states that, well, that at least those. So I don't want to like say, it, but man, like, yeah, he. he I hear where you are. I hear where you are. It's just, you know what? It's it's not just them. It's it's just the rest of the world. It's just it's really starting to bother me. It's really starting to bother me when my kid can't go to school. You know, I got to figure out what's going on there. You know, when my kid gets a sniffle and you got to worry about what's going. Like it's just, it's been going on too long, and there's no end in sight because we can't contain it, and we're just being laughed at. The rest of the world seems like they're recovering a lot faster than we are because we we're worried about our rights and everything. It's just I don't mean to go on this political reign. It's not even political, just the, the reign of the nation. But I, I've just never been so disappointed in the country, and it's really eating at me. Speaking about eating, Molly goes. He 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 tried to say that he went there to eat, and I said, "Well, he did." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, but Rob Manfred, this is for you. You pompous, stuck-up, snot-nosed, English, giant, twerp, scumbag, fuck-faced, dickhead, asshole. And, and like, is that Tell not... How do you feel? 
But like it's the tr- dude. He, I'm telling you right now, if baseball shuts down next week, so so all right. So we didn't talk about it. the St. Louis Cardinals have two cases, so that shut down that oh. series. So now oh, the, gun series. Oh, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, it was yep. today. So the so the Cardinals, Brewers, Yankees, Marlins, Phillies, and the Blue Jays are all not playing now. Six teams are not playing this weekend. The Phillies are scheduled to play the Marlins on Monday. There hasn't been a decision made on it, which is. Nonsense. They gotta fly down to Florida. They're flying down to Miami for that. Nah. Well, before, well, before they got shut down with the Blue Jays, the plan was for them to go play the Orioles. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they weren't going to go to Florida to play the Marlins. Obviously, they were going to play the uh, Orioles. Okay. But I, I, now the, you don't know. Like if a couple more cases come back for the Phillies, that's the thing with this whole like. Not I'm, doing, not doing. Know, like, there's there's yeah. some people that haven't even played that got the, the got the virus now because of the fucking Marlins. Right, and that's yeah. the thing with not doing the whole bubble thing, because you're playing in empty stadiums. You're playing in empty stadiums. What's the point of having to travel all over the country to play these teams in an empty stadium? Why not just pick a couple, like three neutral, you know, whatever. So there's sixty, so eight neutral fields. In the same vicinity, and just play there, well, so teams don't have to travel. Well, you know, I hate to bring something up I heard on Philadelphia radio, but it was about the NFL, which the MLB could do. So, with the NFL, this dude had just had a scenario with it, right? So, don't you scenario me, guy? Don't you scenario me? So you bubble the you bubble eight teams in certain areas across the country, right? So say that um, the first bubble, the Eagles. The Eagle the, the NFC East and the AFC North. You bubble them somewhere. And then you play the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. Right. Then you have a bye week. Mm-hmm. That basically gives you two weeks. You sanitize the stadiums. The players can go home with their families, make sure everything's cool. Right, so after that bye week, you come back and you bubble the the, the NFC East and the NFC North or the NFC South. So then you play play the Buccaneers, you play the Saints, you play the Panthers, you play um uh, the Falcons. Right, right. Then you have another bye week. You do the same thing. Then you bubble the division the division opponents for six weeks. So you play the Redskins. Well, you play Washington's football team. You play the Cowboys. You play the Giants. You play the Washington football team. You play the Cowboys. You play the Giants. Then you have a you have a fourteen game season. Then you have another bye week before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, during these bye weeks, are they permitted to go home to their families? Yeah. You saw Molly's comment there. She has a good point. She said the argument is that they don't want to be away from their families that long. Well, who talks? Talking about baseball. Well, then you then you don't play. Like, like do you want to play or not? Like, right. I understand that. I, I get that. But the, but you you know you keep hearing these reports that the players we want to play, we want to play, we want to play. Well, we're trying to figure out the safest, like the safest thing for us to play. So, if you don't want to be away from your family, then you don't want to play. Can you imagine if we just so we're in our sixth sixth year? Is that right? Our fifth or sixth? Yeah. I, yeah. We, we are in bullshipping going on for six years. Can you imagine though? Can you imagine though if we had just started during this year, 
Like when all this was happening, like we would have crumbled, Sean. And every other show that that has tried to do this this year, yeah, it's just, like how do you how do you do this? What would have been the point? What would have like? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but did anybody see Polsky's post yet? Crab runs a sale on on wings and the bubble pops. Basically everything. I just, I, I just saw that. <laughs> I just saw that. There's fucking diarrhea everywhere. <laughs> on the walls, on the bubble, on the bar, all over the stalls. What the fuck, man? How do, how do you get the how do you get the NBA to like you know basically just you know to be, just have a sale at the strip club on wings? <laughs> Twenty-five cent wing night. Fucking <laughs> Lou Williams is coming back with like a fifty-five gallon. Drum full of wings. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, exactly. Oh yeah. And Molly just, yeah. Molly just yeah. Molly said, "I agree, and that's why the opt out is there, and there isn't forever. That this is this season. Mm-hmm. They right. won't have to have to bubble every season for the rest of any of their careers. Hopefully not. It's one year." Well, hopefully. All right, but hopefully. nobody that or you decide to shut it down for the year. We'll just shut it down for the year. The problem's nobody's looking past this year. They're looking at this year as a whole because of the bullshit that's been this year. Right. So, like, do you want to play? If you want to play, you're going to be away from your family for a bit. Like, yeah. as, long as, as, as long as you promise not to get a snail trail across your lips. Right. Don't go to strip club for wings. Why are these right. wings slimy? I, I thought it ordered wings, not fish sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't give me no brownie stripe. Get the fuck out of here with that. Where's my wings? We're, we're, we're out of sauce. We're going to use the period blood. Yeah, if uh, I wanted a bacon strip, I'd look in your fucking underwear, you pig. <laughs> so earlier in the show, Molly said, I've never seen you guys this tame. I said, that's because we have a, a, a nice young lady, Lauren Hart, on with us. Just wait until she's off the air. As soon as she went, as soon as she she left, I wonder if she's watching. If she is, oh, she's I like, know. I'm not coming back. No, she she actually texted me. She goes, "Thank you guys so much for having me. You guys are the absolute best. Let's go Flyers." So it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Fucking snail trail. <laughs> Bacon strip. At least oh, we can be. Re- I'm, I'm proud of you guys. We were able to at least be respectful while she was on. So I give you guys credit. I wasn't sure you guys had it in you. Yeah. <laughs> Better than any other on you. All right, so while, while talking about baseball's issues, uh, how about the seven-inning doubleheader proposal? Actually, not even proposal. It's been approved. Any doubleheader that happens this year is seven I'm innings. I'm done. This isn't fucking Little League Baseball. I'm done. I'm the fuck fucking the major league. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, seven innings. Get the, the major league baseball is nine innings. Get the Get out of here. What am I watching? Yeah. Little League and fucking... Get the fucking... What's the matter, Ryan? You don't like the aluminum bat league? No, get the fuck <laughs> out of here with that. Oh, Molly asked, why don't you guys ask so prim and proper when I'm around? <laughs> she's, she's got a point. I got nothing. You're one, you're one of the guys. That's, you're one of the guys, that's why. All right, yeah, so... Because you laugh at us. Lauren would, would, like, immediately, like, you know, log off and never talk to us. Yeah. You enjoy it. 
Yeah, that's right. She knows what we're into. All right, so uh, the seven in it, seven in the thing. So the, the excuse was to preserve the pitcher's arms. Um, <laughs> you're playing 60 games. You're playing a 60-game season. Now, my wife had a good point. She said, well, you know, that's true, but it's compact, you know, and, th- and that kind of thing. And it does become a roster problem at that point because, you know, think about doubleheaders. You know, even during a regular season <clears> – <throat> You know, th- those double headers are compact. What's it's that? Condensed. Yeah, it's, it's condensed. It's already condensed season as it is. And yeah, then but it- they, were, they were allowed to they expand their rosters. It doesn't matter. Seven innings makes no sense in a major league you baseball can, game. They did expand their rosters except for the fact that there's only there's still only a 30-man at, at, uh, at the roster, I think. So you, you, you can still call up people, but you can only have that many people at a time. Now, I'll tell you what, though. If you're going to do that seven in, or if you want to do the double headers, which you're going to have to do because now six teams have games to make up, right? And that's without yeah. weather and all that other stuff coming up. Um, maybe you can extend another rule then and say, you know what, we're going to allow you when it's double headers, we're going to allow you to carry ten extra guys or five extra guys. Like how is he going? To, like what else are you going to do? See, my my main problem with this is. I don't want to say you're nice. in the middle, but you can't change the rule after the season started. They already did. That, but that's what I mean. Like that's why it's a joke. Well, how, how about have, how about right before the first it's pitch? Like, it's, like, it's like Major League Baseball is saying, "Oh, this happened." Well, let's do this. Like they have no idea. Like they're so fucking oblivious. Mm-hmm. They're like, "We're just going to see how this plays out." We're just right. Gonna, yeah, we're just going to. We're going to play it by ear. Yeah. Like, well, just as it goes on. Like, this is a multi-billion dollar fucking business. How do you not... Like, it makes no fucking sense. Speaking of... Uh, yes, I, Molly, I did hear about the Kaplers uh, fuck up. It was... Um, he went to the... He did something where he meant to, went to the mound twice or something and had to leave a pitcher in. Yep. He went to, he went to the mound twice. First of all, you only have, what, five mound visits now? He went to the, he went to the mound twice doing the same at bat too right wasn't it wasn't doing the same at yeah bat? it was like yeah the same at bat or something he forgot to give him some coconut oil yeah, yeah he, he had a fucking broccoli stalk shoved up his ass that's his problem fucking Kapler. thank god he's not here anymore <laughs> could about, you imagine him being the manager about, this? talk about somebody that should have been aborted jesus <laughs> <laughs> his dad should have jerked off in the corner that night yeah. should have left it on the bed his dad jerked yeah. off and his mom rolled in it. What an accident. So when we so last year when we talking about well he's a nice guy and stuff. Fucker. Like, like, he ain't a nice guy. <laughs> Fucking we just don't him. like him here. A broccoli. We just don't want him to be a manager. A bro- Once he's uh, gone, we'll you know, we'll leave him alone. A broccoli <laughs> a broccoli stalk <laughs> <up his> ass. <laughs> but but honestly. Honestly, guys, could you imagine Gage Cap? Shut the fuck up for a second. Could you imagine Gabe Kapler being the manager of the Phillies through this? Yeah, we already like, went through it. Yeah, we, we, we did when he put Scott Kingery in as a pitcher. Uh, when he, when he, you know, come on, man. This fucking guy. Fucking gap. I'm so cl- uh, dude. That's a perfect. Jeez. That's a perfect team for him out there, where no one gives a fuck. That's a perfect right. team. 
Unless they're winning. You're right, Maui. He's a fucking wrench. Hmm. Oh, man. Those West Coast, they don't give a fuck about their teams. out. We had, uh, so, do another show. Feeling good show. Uh, we I was had, actually listening to that. I was, I was listening when you guys talked about that. Yeah, so we had Terry Adams on. He pitched here two stints he had here in the mid-2000s. And we he pitched for the Dodgers, and we asked him about the, those fans out there. Now, granted, San Fran is a little it's different than L.A., but still, they're a little more passive out there in California. And he's like, it, it's it's not the same. Everything we've talked about about L.A. fans, can, he's like, it's true. They show they they show up late, they leave early. He goes, our closer would come in, and the taillights you can see all the taillights in the parking lot taken off from Dodger Stadium. <laughs> And he's like, what the fuck? Like, and he's like, I come here, and you guys are, he's like, you guys are ruthless, but you guys are fair. And, you know, I just want to bring that up because I thought that was, it's the truth, man. They, they don't they don't care. Like, Mike, you know, Mike just said, unless they're winning. That's the only time that anyone cares about any of those teams out there. And they're not going to no, care. That's, 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 like, that's right. The San Francisco Giants dynasty, like, that stadium was packed. Like, you couldn't move. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck, Dion. No, no. They don't give a fuck. What about the uh, the Joe Kelly incident too this week? Smell well, like I love Joe Kelly. I love Joe Kelly. So anyone that missed it, nice, Joe nice Kelly. Swing, bitch. Joe, Joe Kelly's pitching for the Dodgers. <laughs> he's pitching for the Dodgers, and uh, he's pit- he's pitching against the Astros. And if uh, if you didn't see the video, it's pretty funny. Uh, all, in the off season, he was pit, he was practicing in his backyard. Do you remember? Do you remember that? He's he's the one who missed the net and hit it and broke a window. Oh. He shattered <laughs> shattered his house window. So his defense was, I don't have good aim. Didn't you see that video? But basically, he he <laughs> threw, he threw behind uh, Coria, and uh, and and you know Coria's you know on a easy Carrera. order. Carrera, it's Coria Carrera, and then he uh, ends up. Strike, he ends up striking him out. And for those who aren't watching, uh, he basically made a pouty face at him. Did a little pouty yep. face at him. And then he said, nice swing, you bitch. <laughs> and, the <laughs> bench, and the bench is cleared. Joe Kelly gets an eight-game suspension in a 60-game season. Why? Eight-game yeah. eight suspension. I understand, I understand the eight-game suspension, though. I do, too. Ryan, yeah. I get it. He incited a bench clearing riot during the coronavirus. Not I only did he, think. not only did he do that, but the precedent was set that they you're not to throw at the Houston Astros after that. It, it, it whatever they after uh, after Manfred protected him on it because after the cheating scandal, they said you know they, they, there's going to be someone that's going to be made an example. It had to be somebody, and it had to be the Dodgers because the Dodgers got impacted by it more than anybody else. So they had to be the ones. Somebody had to do it, and right. somebody had to pay. And that's what it comes down to. But every, but it, every but it, sport, there's there's shit talking and trash talking. Yeah, but he threw behind him. Right, right, guy. Like he intentionally threw at him. But what pitcher hasn't done that in their career? It's yeah, different but, right now, though, guy. It's different. Not only is it different because of the coronavirus, but it's different because of the cheating scandal. They, right. Like, what if, what if back, like, he, intentionally, yeah, he intentionally threw at him? What if, God forbid, that ball hit him in the head? It's part of the game. Get the fuck over it. Yeah. yeah. Rub some dirt on it, you pussy. Yeah, squirt on the window. Yeah, but they, again, 
again, it was somebody the Dodgers had to do it, and the Dodgers needed to be made. It was basically he's a sacrificial lamb for what had to happen, and but, it had to swift. Penalty. But I will say, hey, if, I'm Dodgers, if, I'm, if I'm the Dodgers manager and we play the Astros again, I'm, I'm doing it. it again. That's yeah. fine. Make sure that it's not one of your best pitchers because he's getting suspended again. Right. Like, uh, bring a guy at the bottom of the bullpen in. Yo, hit him. I don't care. I don't care to score. I don't care what's going on. Hit him with the fucking ball this time, though. See, my, my, the biggest yeah. problem to me about yeah, this, this whole thing <laughs> was that, like, I, I understand. You, you set a precedent against, you know, don't throw at the Dodgers. Uh, don't throw at the Astros. However, the flip side of that is the reason why I'm upset about this. He had a more severe suspension against him than the Dodgers player than the Astros players that were involved in the cheating scandal. That was my next point, Sean. How, like, where's, and, where's, and, the, where's the balance? And the and, the, the, and the season shortened, so, so it's so a bigger point, percentage he's going to miss. My point comes up again. My point comes up again. Once again, the MLB has figured out a way to fuck it up. Yep. True. Yes, it no, I mean, it's it's a really good point. Like. The guy gets suspended and gets worse penalty than anybody else that was part of the scandal. The guy, the scandal was way worse than throwing it. But again, it, it's it's a he's a victim. It's it, it had to be done. It had to be done this way. I mean, call hypocritical, call what you want, but like they said, don't do it, and he did it. Did he yeah. have to do it? Do I commend him for doing it? Yeah, it's just it's the way it is. He it's not even and, and Mark, you're saying occupational hazard. It's not. This was. This was bound to happen. It was basically like, it was basically like your little brother poking you with a stick for a while, and your parents sitting there saying, "If you hit him, you're grounded." Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm calling your. I'm calling your bluff. Yeah. yeah. No. No. <laughs> it it's a- not even a bluff. It's like, all right, I know I'm getting in trouble, but yeah. fuck it. It was and a tired motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He so, was a tip bag. He got hit. Now I won't take no allowance. I know yeah. we lost. We lost Ryan. So, um, nope. Now Ryan's back. All right. Let me bring. Let me bring <laughs> yeah. Right. Let me bring him back on. Maybe I don't know. He's blank. I don't know if he's back on or not. We might have lost there he him. Is. Oh, there he is. All right. Cool. I don't know. You got I, this. I don't know what yeah, it's alright. Where'd you go? So, so Molly said. I was that- eating the Dorito. I was eating the Dorito for a minute. No, I was eating a Dorito and a piece fell on the screen and I swiped it up and I hit the floor button. <laughs> you fucking jet bag. So, so Mo- Molly said that Joe Kelly's a spirit animal, which reminds me, uh, a teacher was explaining biology to her student, her third grade, her fourth grade students, and she basically said that human beings are the only animals that stutter. So this one girl raises her hand and she goes, "Well, I had a kitty cat that stuttered." So the teacher's like. Do tell. She's like, well, you know, I, my kitty cat was with me in the backyard, and, and, and you know, there, there was a Rottweiler that lived next to her. And the Rottweiler, yeah, the, the Rottweiler got, you know, got a running start and bust through the fence, and next thing you know, he's in her yard. And the teacher's like, well, that must have been scary. She's like, it sure was. And my little kitty raised his back, went, <laughs> and before he could say fuck, the Rottweiler ate it. Damn, talk about eating pussy. Fucking right in the pussy. <laughs> All right, so uh, why don't we do jukebox? Rich Miano is about a half hour out, so we're we're gonna be on for a little bit here. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. 
Mike didn't like that joke. Fuck. Mike walked away. He's like, nah, I'm out. Uh, I'm out of here. He said, fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, so ju- CPS Jukebox. We're looking at uh, – where are you putting those beers, Gar? On the top here. I'm leaving them when I leave. I thought I thought you were. All right, so we're in 1994. You're a rock star. You're not paying for the room. Yeah, I'm going to trash it before I go. So no, this you're is- not. I'm breaking countertops. I'm throwing. No, you're not. You're gonna fall asleep and say, "All right, it's time to go home." (laughs) You're right, bro. I'm gonna scratch my nuts, grab my suitcase, and go. (laughs) Leave leave your uh, own self stains all over the sheets. Oh yeah, I'm leaving a snail trail. (laughs) Y'all gotta leave your children all over the bed. Um, um, yeah, no, I'm playing perhaps across the clean sheet. <laughs> perhaps. Yo, I'm doing a Mario Andretti. Perhaps I'll get a splinter. Perhaps I won't. Polsky said there goes the security deposit. Pat Laurie said piss cans. <laughs> All right, so 19, 1995. No, what's up, Pat? Why are you fishing? 1995. Let's go. CPS jukebox. The top ten of that year. Look at all the cans Gary has. Top ten. <laughs> this is how we do it. Can we make bunk beds in our rooms? This is how we do it. <laughs> it's Friday night and I feel alright. Montel, Montel Jordan, not Montel Williams. Hair. Uh, I don't know this one. Don't take it personal by Monica. I knew Monica, but I don't remember that. I don't remember that song. Another one that took in a stinky. Take a Bow by Madonna. That was a slow song, wasn't it? Take a Bow. Dude, where's all the grunge shit? Yeah, this is pretty wild, dude. Fantasy by Mariah Mariah Carey was number seven. Another Night by Real McCoy was number six. Uh Number five was On Bended Knee by Boys to Men. On bending knee. Yeah, boys the men. I can get down with some boys the men. I ain't gonna lie. Who sings that, bro? Boys the men. Let them sing it. Don't do anything, You're so fucking funny, you and your fucking Santa Claus beard. Uh, Pat said tomorrow night uh, fishing. Uh, so, number four. I've been kissed by a rose from the grave. Seal. Fucking seal. Yeah. A shark's favorite meal. I like that song. I do like that song. So this is pretty wild. I, you know, if he's been kissed from if he's been kissed from a rose, can he fix that fucking scar on his face? Yeah, it's fucking seal. This is pretty wild that's though. Out of Clune. So, so fucking seal. That, that that's a shark's favorite meal. That's what that. It looks like a fucking shark bite. So, uh, so seals video a song and hold me, kiss me, kill me, thrill or whatever from you two. That's a great fucking song. Both songs, both songs are top twenty, both from the Batman soundtrack that year. They both made it that year. That's a, that U two song is a great fucking song. So mm-hmm. I just ended up watching uh, the other guys again the other night, and both these songs, "Creep" and "Waterfalls" by TLC three and two. Are, do you remember Michael wow. Keaton's character? He's like, guys, guys, don't be a creep. Don't be hanging out the back side of my, you know, best friend's ride, and, and he turns around. <laughs> Did you just quote TLC? So Guys, don't, don't yeah. chase waterfalls. Cause I creep. Yeah. Cause I creep. Yeah. Yo, TLC. Like, chasing waterfalls. Yeah, did that, 
Did that come out the same year? No, I think Creep from Stone Temple Pilots came out. What like ninety two? That's, nine, that? that's yeah. like ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number one, I like the uh, I like the I like the parody version better. <laughs> hamburger. He calls Seal Hamburger Face. <laughs> 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 I barely pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Fucking squeal. The number <laughs> left, left dead eye. Holy shit, man! Pulse kids with the with the zingers. Number one was gangster. Did you left on the one that burned down Andre Risen's house? Yeah, yeah. She let them. No, and Andre Risen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Gangsters. Yeah, left eye. He's Gangster, dead now. Gangsters Paradise is the number one song. Oh, You've been wow. spending most of my life living in an Amish paradise. Dude, weird ass. Turn butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise. <laughs> yeah, remember, like... remember Weird Al? He's got the long hair and he's all sweaty. He's sweating. <laughs> Yo, do it the I'm the pious guy in little Amish wanna be like all my days and night, screaming life for the afterlife. So don't be vain and don't be whiny. Or else my brothers and I might have to get medieval on your hiney. <laughs> so we also but through the jukebox. We 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 should do a top we should do a top ten on Weird Al. We should. We should do that. So three three of the top five songs were off the of soundtracks, huh? Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, honorable, well, mentions. honorable mentions. Honorable um, mentions. I only want to be with you. Hootie in the Bullpen. Uh, I want you to swallow my goo. I hate play, Hootie. Play some Hootie. My name's not Ho- Hootie. Hootie. My name's not Hootie, man. Blow fish. Blow fish. <laughs> <laughs> left, left eye said, I'll light your house on fire, too. We got uh, Come my December by Collect the Soul. That was that's a that's a good album. That's a good song. Collect the Soul the is a good one. Melissa Etheridge, uh, Big Papa. <sighs> yeah, I know. Scream I by. Love it when you call me Big Papa, throw your hands in the air. If you're a true player. Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson doing Scream. Uh, I hate that song. You don't know how it feels by Tom Petty. Nice. Yeah, that was 94, huh? Yeah. 95. A- yeah, 95. You don't know how she squeals. Tootsie roll. Let that tootsie roll. God damn it, Green is gold. Let me see that tootsie roll. <laughs> that's, that's basically all I have, man. That was a. Uh, yeah. They just don't dance. They just pull up the pants and do the rock away. Now lean back. Lean back. Lean back. Now slip, baby, slip. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. Dude, where's all the grunge at in the nineties? That's all. That's yeah. I don't know. Like, there was, there was, was a lot of there was a lot of Bon Jovi. Well, I was expecting Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, Nirvana. Yeah. Like, where's it at? I, I that's don't a good get, especially nineteen ninety five because that's when you know. Because I see some ladies tonight that should have my that should be having my baby. Baby, I don't. Uh, Baby. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's Big Papa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I see some players tonight that yeah, yeah, having yeah, yeah. guns in the hips. Please don't shoot up the place because I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. 
Maybe. <laughs> Molly said, now looking back, Weird Al's the least weird of all those men in Hollywood and, uh, and musicians. She's probably right about that. He's probably the most seen. So I, wanna... I actually watched his. Mo- I, I actually watched his movie again recently. UHF. UHF. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. You found the marble in the oatmeal. You get the drink from the fire hose. <laughs> it just blows the kid away. What else you got, Sean? No, that's basically it. Fuck you. Fuck you. What do you mean, what else you got? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. So I gotta, uh, I'm got i going to bring up uh, uh, something I saw this week I thought was pretty awesome. A woman passed away last week in New York, uh, Lackawanna, New York, outside of Buffalo. This is what her obituary says. Uh, And and I'm going to show you the picture for those on Facebook, if you can see it. She's got a cigarette in her hand. Now, keep that in mind. In her (laughs) obituary picture. Uh, She entered rest July 19th, 2020. Beloved mother, blah, blah, blah. You know, goes through the family, right? Normal, normal thing. Here's some five things. I love to smoke. I love to smoke. I love cigarettes. I love to smoke. Mm. (laughs) They should put a big crossbow in (laughs) Skull crossbones on the cover and say cancer sticks runs across the fucking front. Cappuccino, frappuccino, Al Pacino, what the fuck? <laughs> All right, so. Oh, man. Because that's what it is. Jim Fix. Jog every day. Mike said, what did he die of? <laughs> fucking, fucking heart attack while jogging. All right. So five things about Carol. One, she loved to read. Two, her favorite author was Stephen King. She had a private library of hundreds of books. Three, she loved slot machines and Facebook games. She never won millions, but she had the biggest farm in all of Farmville and made it to the millionth level in Candy Crush. This is a fucking obituary. That's what her obituary says? Four. She was an avid sports fan. She loved the New York Yankees and LeBron James. She hated, in capital letters, Tom Brady. Uh, she should be dead if she, she likes the Yankees. She hated Tom Brady in capital letters. Five. When her children were growing up, she was involved with her school PTA, coached her sports teams, and volunteered for Lackawanna Little League. She was a mother... Now, this is the thing I don't get. Mother, father, mentor, coach, and friend. This woman, and again, her obituary is literally her with a cigarette hanging out of her, off her finger. It's the the fact that she put in her obituary that she, and you know she requested that, that I hate Tom Brady. And she put that in her obituary. No matter how much we hate Tom Brady, would you, like, would you go that far? Pretty awesome. Actually, sounds like it's see, and I don't know because I don't hate Tom Brady. Also, you want to put in I your was just going to say, until, until Molly posted something, I was going to say she's got to be the only lady in the world that hates Tom Brady. Sarah Molly. Fuck Tom Brady. I hope he gets killed. Jesus. That's not. Oh, nice. he's got he's got shady now, so he he's good to go. The Buccaneers sign Shane? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. That's all right. So, yeah, like, I, I'm He's in the minority. I don't hate Tom Brady. 
Well, perfect segue. Football talk. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I'm on the fence on whether I hate Tom Brady or not. He's a cheater. I got to pee. Is he a cheater or was Bill Belichick? Both. Deflategate. He's deflating the ball. They would be the Colts with a beach ball. Oh. True. So, Jamal, would you have done it? So, Jamal Adams, so Jamal Adams was traded so would, from the Jets. Um, and uh, Are you asking if the Eagles should have traded for him? If, As an Eagles fan, would you have made no. the trade for Jamal Absolutely Adams? Absolutely not. No. Okay. Especially for what they got for him. It, it would have crippled their cap and, and their trade picks for years. Yeah, on both on both fronts, it just wasn't going to work. I I agree one hundred percent, Mike. It's better the Eagles didn't pull the trigger on him. So there's a lot of the people, Jets got a kick ransom for him. There's a lot of people who are upset about that. There's a lot of people who who don't feel that way. There's a lot of people who feel that they should have made 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 the trade, and because he's he's a good safety, you know, I, everything you read about him though is that he's not a game breaking type of player. He's not a game breaker safety. He's not going to change a a another team's philosophy, right? He's not going to change the game plan for another team like players of great safety stature do. Like the Brian Dawkins and Troy Palomalos do. He's a, he's a locker room problem as well. That's my but biggest thing. Also Malcolm Jenkins wasn't a game breaking safety when the Eagles signed him either up. But they didn't fucking, they didn't, you know. They didn't give up two first-rounders, a starting safety, right, right. salary cap strap time to do it. Would you they have, didn't break their cap situation. They didn't break their, their trades. It, it Like, Malcolm Jenkins didn't cripple them for years. Adams would have. Right. right. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Um, what I'm, I'm defeating the, the argument that he's not a team breaker or nothing. Jamal Adams in the right system with the right team. Like, look at the, the Jets are a mess. The Jets have been a mess for years. Right. Exactly. Guys. You put Jam- Jamal Adams is that kind of talent. I'm not saying I would have did it because you're going to have to pay him unbelievably. But Jamal Adams is going to be a, like a shutdown safety. Yeah, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have any problem with Joel Adams as a player. With, with the Seahawks, with, with Pete Carroll, they, they just replaced Earl Thomas. Right. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm not, doing, I'm not doing the Jamal Adams trade for the same reason that I'm not going after the Nijaku or whatever, the Yannick, the, the dude from um, Jacksonville. Nothing, nothing against the player. The, the Eagles are just not in a position to trade for a high-profile guy until they start losing some salary cap. And that's, that's going to be tough next year, Mike. Well, yeah, exactly. Next year is not the year to do it. Right? I, I agree. Like, as much as I would love Najaka on this team, it, it's just not feasible. You can't no. trade two first-round picks for him and then pay him. And, like, now, and now more articles are coming out saying that you should, should do it. Like, I don't know if you saw, um, they have Malik Jackson lining up uh, – in defensive tackle and defensive end so far in practices and, you know, and stuff like that. So that's going to be interesting. I don't think he has defensive end speed, but who knows, man? It sounds like they're going to be running a different type of defense this year, the Eagles. So 
you know, early, early signs are, are kind of looking at that way. See, but the, the, the problem with the Eagles' defensive line right now is Derek Barnett hasn't lived to his potential. Like, that, that, like you wouldn't even be yeah. talking about Najoku if Barnett, like, was, was the player that we thought he would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like, Najoku wouldn't even you know matter. What, you know what the biggest... You know what the crazy... I mean, well, I mean, the, the crazy... The reason that the Eagles are in the position they are salary cap-wise is because of the line on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's, it's Lane Johnson. They have a ridiculous amount of money. Right, it's, it's Lane Johnson. It's um, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Cox, Brandon it's, Graham, it's Brandon Brooks, Graham, Kelsey. It's, uh, Fletcher Cox. Like well, I mean, some of those big names next year, they're going to be gone. I think Kelsey's done. After 2020, Kelsey's done. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if Fletcher Cox wasn't here next season. Depending on what happens during the season. His cap hits too high. But it's got to be feasible, Gary. He's just he's not going to just not be here. Depending on the salary cap hit. His hits right. too high. They're, they're not yeah, – he'll he'll be here next year. Right. But, That's what I mean. Like, like it, even if he has a down year, they're not just going to cut him because of the money that they're still going to have to pay him. Right, right, but I'm seeing if, if there's an opportunity to move him and you get younger and cheaper, then they're going to do it. Yeah, and you know we've had the conversation about Howie Roseman, but at this point of Fletcher Cox's career, who's taking on that money? He's going to be like 33 years old. I mean, there's there's always some stupid team that's willing to do it. Nobody thought that he would be able to move Kiko Alonso either, and he did it. He wasn't making the money that Fletcher. Okay, Cox I'm, I'm just saying. Like Fletcher Cox's cap hit next year is like thirty million. Right. That's what. I, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles. The Eagles' problem is that they don't have enough young talent. They haven't addressed the defensive and offensive lines. Well, well they, they've tried. No, they're trying. I mean, they went, they, they're trying. They've they, tried. They, Barnett and Diller were their first round draft. Right. Jaskoli was drafted this year. They're trying. You know. Amalu. All those guys were right. drafted early. It's just. They're it's not just that they're they're hanging on to a lot of these those other guys too. They're hanging on to the old and they're great. Their their offensive line's one of the best in the league. Their defensive tackles it's a plethora of riches. But the problem is is that when you invest like that, you you get yourself into a, a bit of a bind. Howie will figure it out, and it's just going to be a rough year this year. They just can't. They're not the only team that can't just. Go out and spend money. Everybody wants every free agent that's out there. Right, and especially because ne- next year, because they 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 did this uh, reconstruction of the salary cap because of what they're going to lose this year, and it's right. gonna it's gonna hurt the Eagles a lot next year. So that's very bad, Sean. It's gonna it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's yeah. gonna it's gonna suck. But you know what? The Eagles have made the playoffs the last three years, won a Super Bowl. They're one of the successful organizations. So. Yeah, eventually it's going to catch up to you with the salary cap, and this is just paying the piper a little bit. And no kidding. Yeah, the, 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 I think it's. Um, I think it's going to be. Um, it's going to be two, three years before they're a viable Super Bowl contender again. Probably. So you got a lot of you got a lot a lot of young guys that got to grow. Um, you got a lot of veterans that you're just going to have to move on from. And then you got to replace them. So I'm looking like 2023, 
before the Eagles are really like a viable contender again. We'll see. I, mean, I could see it happening in 2022. But, uh, but it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a couple years. Yeah, it's it's going to take a year to get out from under the salary caps, and then it's going to take another year to start to like shed some of those salaries to be able to kind of build it back up a little bit. And then it's going to take time to develop the guys that you're replacing these guys with. Well, right? hopefully you're developing the guys you're replacing these guys with now. Hopefully that Andre Dillon and Rager and and Arnett and you know. Hargraves, like hopefully these guys are the guys that you're developing. Hopefully Darius Slay is still a, you know, a big part of that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so, um, I don't know about them not being contenders now. I think in the Eagles' eyes, right, as of right now, they are, right? They think they are at least. Uh, because, right, like I'm not yeah. saying that I'm not saying they're not a playoff team and a team that can maybe make some noise. I'm talking about a serious viable Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I mean, the the only thing is you never know. It's it, it, the NFL is so weird; it, it changes so quickly. Like everybody's projecting the Chiefs to be like the, the overall favorites, you know. Baltimore kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody expected Baltimore to be fourteen and two. The year after Carolina goes fifteen and one, they're they're terrible for the next like three, four years afterwards. Or you know, and a team that really nobody's talking about is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, like the the, the, the Tennessee Titans knocked off the, the the Baltimore Ravens. They got a good quarterback. He's not a he's not a superstar. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. He's not making. He's he's making really good money, but not quite top echelon money. So they can afford to pay other guys like that. Right. They, they have a dominant running game, and with Derrick Henry, they have a very good offensive line. They got two decent receivers. They got a really good defense. The Tennessee Brady's Titans a good coach. Right, and the Tennessee Titans are set up, man. They really are. That'll be interesting to see them play. Uh, they had a lead. Right? Didn't they have a lead on Kansas City? They, they were, were up 24 to nothing. Yeah, they were up nothing. Yeah, they were up nothing. Yeah, blown Twenty-four out. nothing. And then Patrick Mahomes said, "Hold my beer." Yep. Right. Uh, I got something on Mahomes, but but first, let's let's talk about the Eagles real quick because the situation with the Eagles, Lane Johnson. We mentioned Lane Johnson. Marquise Goodwin has oh, has yeah. opted out uh, this year because he has you know a, a young uh, family, a young child at home, I should say, a family at home that he. Doesn't want to risk. I mean, you can't, you can't hit a guy for making that no. decision. No, 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 but he probably wasn't going to make it anyway. I don't think he makes the roster anyway. Right. Yeah. Like, although he might have with Alshon Jeffrey being put on the pup list. I agree with that. I think he would have made the team. Yeah. But who? I mean, who knows? A camp starts and that they stink. You know, like certain guys don't perform and other guys do. You know, we've seen it all the time where they get a name and you're like, oh, here we go. Uh, what, what was that? Uh, Steve Smith. Remember when we got him from the Giants? Yeah. You're like, oh, great. And then he didn't make the team because he, he just didn't perform. So we see that all the time. Who, who knows what would have happened? But opting out, though, does that mean that uh, next year he's still he's back? Well, it means that he's the Eagles have the right soul next year unless, unless he has a – I assume that he's at least under contract for one more year. So unless he has a medical reason – Two years, okay. Unless he has a medical reason for opting out, a year of service doesn't count against the team. Okay. 
Right, but I thought he only signed for one year. That's two. Gary said two, but either way, it doesn't matter, Brian, because he's back for another year. You, you're right, like so, next year. So him opting out like this year doesn't count on his contract. Right, right. it won't count. Right. Exactly. So, so if it was one year, next year would be his one year. Right. Not that he was. Not that he's making a ton of money anyway. But you know. Right. But so, whatever the case is, yeah, it's it's if you opt. If you have a medical reason to opt out, you get three hundred and fifty thousand, and your year of service is like you get to use a year of service. If you opt out just because you just don't want to play because of COVID, they say fine, we'll give you a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, something like that. Right. And next year, you the rights remain with the team that you're with right now. Okay. 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 So say it was only a one year deal, we would still. We'd own the rights for him for next like, year. Like, we own the rights. Like, you got to compensate us if if he moves on. Well, I mean, if he moves on, it'd have to be through a trade or he'd have to retire or, yeah. Oh, all right. So, if it's a one-year contract, say, and, and, he, just, opt, and he opts out, then that one-year contract kicks in in 2021. Next year, right. Okay. Um, a couple other players have, have opted out from other teams. Damian Williams uh, of the Chiefs. Yeah. Gone. Uh, I know a few others. Uh, six, actually, the Patriots. Six, six, six Patriots. players from the Patriots. Yeah. You hear the conspiracy? High Tower is one of them. Trevor Lawrence. What was that, Mike? That's, I heard that they're, they're with the high-profile players that they're trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence, and this is Bill, Belichick's like masterminded plan to like tank to try and. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Say they finish two and fourteen. They get the number one pick, and then they got Trevor Lawrence. Belichick's too old to be trying to do this shit, isn't he? He's not going to be able to groom the next quarterback. Dude, he might be there for another 10 years, Mike. Yeah. Man, He's going to be Joe Paterno, the Patriots? Right. Yeah, you got a good – mean, Kraft have a nice and, relationship. And Bel- with Bill Belichick, like we all know, with Bill Belichick's ego, don't you think that thought is in his back of his mind? All right, I ain't got Tom Brady no more. Watch, I'm gonna draft this kid and I'm gonna win two more rings. You don't think that he's thinking that with Cam Newton? If he's thinking that with Cam Newton, it's a mistake. He he already said that Cam Newton's not gonna be a shoe in to be the starter. Come on, man. And he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. That team is. They didn't draft another quarterback because they're so high on Jared Stedham. Right. I personally think. That the Cam Newton signing in, in, in New England, I personally think what they're thinking is we want to light a fire under Jared Stidham. Could be. If Jared Stidham comes out and play, and looks tremendous, Cam Newton might not even be a Patriot. Wow. It's true. Yeah. Oh, he might, he might be a backup. I mean, I... Obviously, nobody else wanted them for whatever reason. Ah, guys, but, but. there's there's breaking news for the, for the baseball tonight. This happened. Here's the pitch. Ah, oh, shit. Season's over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm messing around. I'm messing oh around. no, we suck again. <laughs> um. Oh no, we really do suck. <laughs> so a couple minutes ago, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is now the owner. A part owner of the Kansas City Royals baseball team. That's funny. Well, I, I guess when you make half a billion dollars in a contract, you get to 
buy a team. Good for him, man. 24 years old. But as a young player, that was smart for him to invest in doing that. That also means he has, I mean, he can opt out in four years, I think. But that also means he has no intention to leave. None. No, well, he, no I don't know if that, No. And he's not. I mean, look, I don't, this, think, I don't think one has to do with the other. Yeah, I don't think so either. And look at the length of the contract and all. Nah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see that. But I mean, I, I don't think he's planning on opting out. But I don't think that he's worried about. Oh, I own the Royals, so I'm not going to leave Kansas City, the Chiefs. Right. He could play in wherever, but he's not going anywhere. We all know that. There's that lady from Kansas City with whiskey in her titty. There's that lady from Bunker Hill. She won't do it, but her mama will. So Can you imagine? No, he's making. <laughs> I mean, what's what? Show for the softball guy. He's like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> but with what's left on his contract now, he's making an average of like forty-five million a year for over the next like twelve years. In four years, he can opt out and make more. Right. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but how much more money can you make without crippling a team? Uh, 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 totally, like, I understand that, but, like, he could potentially make, like, annually from the Chiefs $50 million a year. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Unheard of. Like, where does this end? In 10 years, you're going to see someone sign a $1 billion contract. Why well, I, I... It, ends, it ends when they don't make enough money to offer the contracts. When's when that end? Prices become too high. When sponsorships become too, when the ratings and sponsorships and negotiations, it ends when and warrants it ending. And right now, apparently, it doesn't. And right now, it's it continues to be a cash cow. I'll tell you what, though, if Corona lasts longer than this year, they're in trouble. Every everyone's in trouble. Because they're not bringing the fans, they're not generating all that revenue. They're already they're losing money this year. I don't care what anyone says. I know they have a TV yep. contract. They're losing money. Yep. So if this lasts longer, then you might be looking at issues like that. But I, the reason why I brought out the Mahomes thing, the question that's on our scroll, if you're watching on Facebook Live right now, what team would you own right now? Any sport? What team would you take on? Like be like, that's a perfect situation. I'm going to own this team. This is what I want to do. What's the, well? I mean, if if you're telling me that, I hate to say it. I mean, obviously the number one team, money wise, is the Cowboys. They're the, they're they're the most. Um, they're worth the more, most, and they're probably the one that's going to continue to grow more than any other team. Mm-hmm. Is this just the NFL? This question? Uh, every, no, it's any any anybody, yeah, any sport. I'm going, I'm going with the Yankees. Yankees, good one. Yeah. The team that has the potential to be the next dynasty and, and probably if I was buying a team and investing in the team that's got a chance to be the most grow the quickest, maybe the Chiefs. The Titans or probably the Chiefs though. I would say the Chiefs. Yeah, but I'm talking about a cash cow. Like I'm twenty eight world championships. I'm if I have a chance to buy a team, I'm buying the Yankees. And I'm not even – that's not even second. I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah, but you know what? The Cowboys are worth more than the Yankees. 
They they're they're like their worth is more, but like I'm going Lakers. Yeah, even, yeah, even the Lakers. Molly, but, Molly's uh, post just came up. Like, she said, "This might be my hate Lakers coming too. in a little bit, Mike." But I, I'm going the Yankees before the Cowboys. Well, I hate the Yankees too, but you sort of lie. But I hate the Cowboys more right. than anything. But um, uh, yeah, I think I'm going Yankees. Okay. Who are you showing? Uh, I'm going to Lake Tijuana. No, uh, I also say Cowboys. Honestly, um. Just because, look at all the apparel. I and, and again, I hate. <laughs> I wish I had the fucking boo you suck thing on here right now. Shut the yeah, fuck up. that's me telling myself. Uh, because you know we all we all hate them to death. We, we hate that the franchise, the the star, all that. But think about how many people walk around with that fucking star on. You know, and they're they're a big. They're, you know, they're always on the national. They always on the national stage. No matter how bad they are, and the whole America's team bullshit, which is a total crock of shit at this point anymore. Even they, when Quincy Carter was a quarterback, they were still on national TV consistently. Right. Yeah. Now the Yankees probably would have been my second pick, honestly. All right. So why don't we? What about those teams aside? Those teams aside, out of the picture, and I'm going the Chiefs. You could say Lakers too. Ba- basketball, any basketball teams up, up for grabs, and you're going to say the Chiefs. I'm gonna say the San Antonio Spurs. Hmm, that's a good one. They're they're yeah, but they're dying down, man. All right, then I I'll, I'll say Dodgers. Any 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 team in LA, you're you're gonna you're gonna boost. Dodgers is a good one. You're gonna rejuvenate revenue no matter what. Dodgers is a really good one, guys. People in the West Coast and the sporting fans in the West Coast, they spend money. Even um because they have the money to spend. The New York Knicks. Knicks, yeah. I'm gonna go Cubs. That'd be because it'd be fun. That's such a fun like team. Yeah. You know what I mean? They love their team, and even when they're not that great, but even when they suck, like that stadium's full. Right. I, that like, would be even in, even in this shithole city where I'm visiting. If I had to go hockey, I'd go Penguins. The Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are another team. Same thing. Yeah. Because there's I nothing mean, else it, out it, there. Pittsburgh and, and um, Baltimore. Steelers and Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a Baltimore's kind of. I, I don't know. I, Baltimore's I don't, been good for years, man. Yeah, but I don't look at Baltimore and go, they're a great sports town. Like, I've never looked at Baltimore that way. Yeah. Well, D.C. apparently is like one of the third or fourth highest for the Redskins. Or the, the Washington football team. The Washington football team. Come on, man. Got to get it right. <laughs> yeah. Out of spite, I might call the Redskins for the next 10 years. Yeah, right? Just to be a dick? Pretty sure I will. Redskins. Well, we should be getting... The football team, bro. Not the Redskins. They're no, all... but I'm calling them the Redskins out of spite. They're always going to be the Redskins to me, man, no matter what. Nope. Nope. We should be getting Rich Miano on in a few minutes. Former Philadelphia Eagles safety. Uh, played on some incredible oh, teams. I'm drunk. But first, <laughs> this might be the topic that takes us right into it. The NFL Top 100 list came out. NFL Network released it. Dude, yeah. I'll tell you what. 
I don't even I care so little about this that you guys talk about it. I'm taking a piss. <laughs> Mike, I hear what you're saying. I do. It's so fucking stupid. Mike brought but the, the fact that a list the, the, the fact that a list like this comes out and Carson Wentz isn't on it. Bunch of child. Like, it's almost like a personal vendetta. Like, how do you mean to tell me Kirk Cousins is on this list and he's not? I don't understand that. It makes no fucking sense. Like, it's like a personal vendetta against the dude. Well, it's been that way since he's been drafted. Like, when he was drafted, it was nothing but negativity. Like, he, he, even this, and two seasons after that, he's up for the MVP. And he still was not considered one of the elite quarterbacks. I just don't get it. How do you play? He took that team to where they were. Like, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have went to the Super Bowl. And I'm not taking anything away from what happened after that. But if it wasn't for him, they would have not. They would not have been there. Even last, so this might got- be a this might be a different subject, but that's kind of contradictory from what you were saying a few weeks ago. What was I saying a few weeks ago? That Nick Foles should be in the Hall of Fame because that doesn't matter what Carson no, Wentz did. Nick Foles should be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. What I said. All right, you we'll, said a little more than that. Why we, why no, we, I didn't. We'll save that one for You another. said Nick Foles should be in the Hall of Fame. You did say I that. did not. Yes, you did. Sean? You did. You started off saying that. What do you say? I, I know. Right. Let's get past that. All right. All right. All right. You started off by saying he should be a Hall of Famer because then we started talking about, like, you know, the quarterbacks that have won one or, you know, whatever. Like, oh, so what? Dan Marino never won one, so he should not be in the Hall. Yeah, we're getting through that. Anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> Yeah, that now he puts his head down because he knows. He, rem, he remembers. You were drunk. Okay, so then there you go. Fuck you, Joe I do it myself. But you're 100 right now. You're 100 right, Darren. The, yeah. the Eagles would not. Granted, he wasn't the quarterback at the time. The Eagles would not have won the Super Bowl in 2017 if it wasn't for Wentz. They wouldn't have been in the position to win it if it wasn't for him. Mm-hmm. They would not have made the playoffs last year if it wasn't for Wentz. Right. Um, like, I, I don't understand the hate on the dude. Yes, he's missed some games. Overall, like, his, like he's there. He's missed less games than Ben Roethlisberger, but like, in his first four years. Right. The dude's a fucking stud. Just accept it. Like, accept it. That he's a stud. He's going to be the best quarterback the Eagles ever had. And he's going to be—he's going to flirt with being a top ten quarterback ever. And here's here's the thing: as long so, as he's healthy, that so that yeah, so that list they're is going to continue. They're going to continue to trash him and have negativity towards him until he wins the team in a ring. See that that Super Bowl has nothing to do with this list, though. The, this list goes on the players from the previous year. So even with that said, though, so Ryan Tannehill is ranked ahead of Wentz, right? Kyler Murray. Yeah. Ahead of Wentz took a team of nobodies and made it to the playoffs. Had, had to win the last four or five games and did so and made the playoffs. And we all feel the same way, I, I think, that if he was healthy and that right. game, if he didn't get hit with a dirty cheap shot, they would have beaten the Seattle Seahawks and made it to the divisional round. And who knows but what even before playoffs, Sean, you, the last six games of that season, you've seen Carson Wentz grow as a leader. That's what I mean, and that, that's another he thing took, that happened. He took the team on his shoulders, and he said, fuck this. We're going to win. 
Right, and that's another thing that happened last year. Um, like he, like he became like that guy that I don't care what I don't have. What do I have? And I'm gonna make it work. Right. Because I'm that good. Right. I'm good enough to play to the players right. that have their strengths. Right. So um, I, like. Now, Ryan Tannehill's on the, like you just said, Sean, Ryan Tannehill's on this list, right? Last year, with what the Eagles went through with injury, even give me the receivers that we have for the last five, six weeks of the season. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Give Carson Wentz Derrick Henry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. They, Tan- probably, Tan- fin- Tan- they probably finish 11-5 and five and flirt with a two-seed. Yeah, Tannehill had a great run. Derrick Henry, I mean, not to get off topic, but Derrick Henry had a couple really good games, but he disappears for a lot of the season. Not to go off topic on that, but really, I mean, what it comes down to is when you ask NFL players, give me one game. Give um, Give me a quarterback. Are you taking Tannehill? Are you taking Kyler Murray or are you taking Wentz? When you right? So if you're asking NFL players this, I don't understand how they're the ones that voted on this. They're like, yeah, give me Kyler Murray, give me Kyler fucking Murray instead of Carson Wentz to win me a football game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't get I, it. I, yeah, so that's why I just I just don't care about the list. I just. I, I will say though about Derrick Henry last year. Derrick Henry only had. That's what I'm saying. What? The last eight games of the year, he was unstoppable. No, he only he only had he only like, had two. It was like three or four. He had two. It wasn't three or four. He had two, I know it because I was he had two like bit. he killed it in the fantasy league. That's how I know it. He had two. The big, team that had him in the fantasy league only made the playoffs because of him. He only had two big games last year. Every other game was was. Over sixty yards, and and he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games over a hundred, and several of them over one hundred and fifty yards. He had a couple. Right. He, he had one game of of uh, twenty eight yards, and one game of forty four yards. Every other game was over seventy five yards. So he right. And he had like fifteen or sixteen touchdowns. Down the stretch, he scored in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Actually, it was only one, two, three. Easier way. There was only four games all year where he didn't score. Right. So, like, he's not a fluke. Derrick Henry's a stud. No, I mean, look, I love Derrick Henry. But from what I remember, I just don't remember him. I remember him being kind of like a guy that, like, had phenomenal games and then disappeared a lot of the games. Now, maybe last year it was a little bit different. It was early in his career it was like that, Mike. But last year he really came into it, dude. Consistent? Like, maybe he was. I'll have to look up the stats. I mean, they only beat they only beat the Ravens because of Derrick Henry. Like, oh, yeah, in the playoffs he was phenomenal. They really only made the playoffs because, because the, the, Tannehill was only throwing the ball 15 or 20 times a game and he, he was managing the game. But I thought that was like the last three games of the season. That no, that was like the last eight games of the season. 
Yeah, okay. he, he, that's when he was really – I mean, he, he turned it on at the last, the last portion of the season. He was – And, again, Mike, I only, I only noticed because the team in the fantasy league that had him came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. like, like they just they flew off the standings. They don't get into the playoffs without Derrick Henry. Oh, no. I mean, they're not, again, even, a they're they're not even a six-win team without Derrick Henry. Yeah, his last six games of the year – 188, 159, 149, 103, 86, and 211 yards. Rushing? Yes. Or total? And the last six Rush, games, rushing. what do you have? Like, what do you have? Like, 10, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He had 10 touchdowns his last six games. Actually. Yeah, but Sean, let me ask. Is that, is that including the playoff games? No, I'll, I'll bring up the playoffs. Uh, playoffs, he did. Playoffs, ridiculous. Playoffs. Uh, 182, 195, and 69. Jesus Christ. And he scored two touchdowns in the playoffs. Like the, the dudes. Yeah, he. I knew he turned it on at the end. I thought it was more towards like the beginning of the season, not the last seven. Yeah, like it was like a half, se- half a season, Mike. Okay. Look, I drafted him in the fantasy playoff league early because I thought he was the stud. So, I mean, like I, you know. Gave you yards. The funny, thing is, the funny thing is, I drafted him the year before, and he fucking killed me. I remember. Yeah, wasn't he hurt or something? I don't remember. Yeah, uh, he played here and there, got hurt, missed a game, then he came back. But he just—he wasn't who he was last year. Um. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, I mean, I I seen the list like, Ertz was somewhere around like eighty-seven, and Greg Kittle was eight. Much disparity between them. No, there's See, not. That, that, and that's another. I mean, you've heard me with this argument. Like George Kittle, that I'm not taking nothing from George Kittle. But when he's ranked above fucking Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz, like the dude's done it for two years. These guys have done it for seven and eight years. Like I, I don't. Like it's crap. Well, give me a second, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Give me one second, Mike. I got kicked out. Sorry. Yeah, you're back. Well, look at me. I'm back on top again. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're... I heard everything. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just don't, I don't get it. So, that's my, I mean, with the tight ends, that's my, like, George Kittle's going to carry it. Like, he's going to, he's going to be the guy. He's going to get he it. Is. I'm not, I'm not taking that from him. But he's done it for two years, and Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz have done it for seven and eight years. Like, like, hold up on the George Kittle thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, Ertz has been on the team for seven years. Uh, it was it was three with with Chip Kelly, and now and now uh, Doug Peterson's going into his what fifth year? So eight years. Yeah. Damn. I think our uh, our guest is getting set up. I see something going nice. on. All right, so let me uh, let me let me see what happens here. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bring on Rich Miano, former Philadelphia Eagle. Let's, uh, Mike, let me can I hide you for a second or something? Yeah, come on. Yeah, okay. All right. You me, can, I no, Sean, hide me. I gotta pee. All right, you got it. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's see uh, let's see what happens here. Let me try because I got a pink screen, but we might be able to hear him. Uh, there we go. Hit your life. Hi, Rich. How are you? How are you? 
How are you, man? Huh? Yeah, frozen. Oh, uh, you got frozen screen. Hey, how are you, Rich? Rich? Ugh. Oh, he's frozen. I see him. And it's so bright out and light outside and looks know, like right. daytime. Hey, Rich, can you hear us? I see you. Hello. Hi. Rich. Having a little trouble with the audio. Uh -oh. This is fucking awkward. Uh, right, let me see if... Uh, Are you trying to put on your phone? I can hear him. He can't hear us. Yeah. Can you see us? I'm not sure. Hey, uh, Rick, wipe your hands. Yeah, let me <laughs> see if he can. Uh... Hey, Rich, can you hear us? We can hear him. Yeah. Let me let me write to him. All right. Let me uh, see what's going on there. It's 2020, guys. This is this is what we deal with. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it fixed. All right, we'll see what happens here. Um, all right, let me bring Ryan back in for a second here. I'll write to Rich here. We'll see if we can get him on the side. So I, I don't know. I, I'm having obviously having issues with the uh, with, with the uh, stream there. Uh, but the, the the list itself, it, it's just uh, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I, I think it's nonsense. You know, honestly, that that the fact that he's not on the top. Um, you know, top 100. I, I just don't. I just don't get it. Fuck that list. It's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that uh, it, there's a couple of good guys. I mean, it, it's hard to argue with the top guys, but the fact that um, Holmes wasn't one overall, but Lamar Lamar Jackson won the MVP. So, when is the voting going on? Yeah, I don't and know. Russell Wilson's a know. really good quarterback, too. So, I mean, I don't – it's hard to argue too much between them, but I still give Mahomes one. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. He won the Super Bowl. You know, why not? Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. Oh, Ryan's <laughs> – sorry. I muted Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's trying to talk. What the fuck? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> sorry. I'm a deputy. Stop. Why are you already? Why are you still that? What's for breakfast? What are you thinking? There's pizza on the ceiling. I know. I, I just think that, you know, I love playing with Ben Simmons. And, you know, we go going to win some championships after I eat some Wendy's. And, you know, uh, I, I go and dominate. I try and win a fucking championship. 
Uh, let me let me try to get uh let me try to rich again, all right, real quick. Let's see what happens here. Let me try it one more time. He's in, he is in. If it hold. works, come me on. I got still got to pee. I thought you already like you didn't go. What the fuck? No, I didn't what go. I mean, right, let me try it again. Let's see. Hey, how you doing, Rich? Well, we'll see. Hey, Rich. No. Nah, nothing, man. Uh, I can hear and see him okay, but I guess he can't hear us. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, we got you. Hey, we got you. All right. That's good. How are you, Rich? How you doing, man? Doing great. We we really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and spending some time with us, and we're jealous because you you know we're we're in the dark now, and and you have the nice sunlight out there in Hawaii. You guys are coming in a little bit slow now, but can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, we can hear you fine. Yeah. Testing one, two, uh, three. Yeah, I can hear him okay. Maybe a shark got him. He is in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could just try. Uh... Are we? Let me try a phone. Uh, call. Yeah, let me try a phone call with him. Okay. All right, I'll try that. The only thing with that is that you guys aren't going to be able to talk to him. So if you have any questions, I'll have to relay. All right, uh, yeah, we'll work out. All right, let me, I'll give him a call. All right, we'll do that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I want to talk to him, you know. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Very frustrating. Uh, it, it is what it is. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, there's nothing we can do about it. It's technical issues, you know. All right, I'm going to give him a call here, and we'll see what happens. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. How you doing? Hello. How you doing? Hey, Rich. How are you, man? Oh, you sound good now. Yeah. Sorry about that. I guess we're having just you know some technical issues. That's all. We'll, yeah. It's all right. We'll we'll make it work. Okay. So uh, the only thing is uh, on the phone. Um, if the guys have a question for you, they're gonna have to. Although you might be able to hear them. You might be able to hear them. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, but again, man, I'm um, you know appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time with us tonight, and we're jealous that you have nice sunny weather out there in Hawaii, and you know. <laughs> well, we just avoided I'm a not, hurricane, so uh, we're blessed. That's awesome. Um, so, Rich, I, I told you in our text message, you know, when I was when I was uh, you know, a kid, you know, watching uh, Eagles football, you, you were one of my uh, one of my favorite players on that defense. Believe it or not, um, you you. Uh, I don't know what it was. I, I was, I was, you know, you, Mark McMillan, like guys like that. I always kind of tried to, uh, you guys, you know, I was like magnetized towards you guys for some reason. You know, Mark has uh, become a lifelong friend. He um, does a lot of, uh, I, I'm the executive director for the Hula Bowl, mm -hmm. and he is uh, one of my coaches. He uh, coached with Mike Smith, the former uh, head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. And then uh, we do a lot of clinics and we do combines and showcases. 
And uh, Mark is very uh, visible, especially in the Las Vegas community where he's on an ESPN radio show. But uh, he does a great job marketing the Eagles, marketing himself, and marketing football. That's awesome. And marketing grilling. (laughs) (laughs) And grilling. (laughs) Good. You guys, you can hear those guys. Awesome. All right, cool. Gary, go ahead. I, hey, uh, Rich, how you doing? This is Gary. I wanted to ask you a question. When when you were in playing and you were in the locker room, now Randall Cunningham's, but he's he's one of my favorite players. Has been for a long time. I just wanted to know what was he like in the locker room? Was was he like angry? Was he motivated? How was he in the locker room? You know, Randall's a different cat. I think uh, he was struggling with his Christianity in terms of being a pastor, which he is now and being a superstar and i think trying to straddle that line of christianity and superstardom was something that uh he dealt with on a daily if not hourly issue and uh it might have rubbed some guys wrong but i think randall has always had a good heart i think uh randall was respected he was obviously a great athlete and uh again a guy that i still you know, share a lot of uh, stories and uh, memories and uh, have a lot of respect for Randall, what he's doing with his church in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Um, we, you know, we, we obviously all grew up watching him and, and watching you guys, you know, back, uh, back in the day. And um, you guys were finally able to, you know, win a playoff game. Uh, I guess it was your first year with the Eagles, I believe, right? In 92? I believe, against the Saints? Yeah, you know, I remember that game uh, somewhat vividly. And the thing about that, my tenure from 1991 to 1995 with the Eagles is the Cowboys were the predominant team in the National Football League. So when they're in your division, it's obviously an obstacle to not only get to the Super Bowl, but to win your conference, win your division, and kind of have your dreams come true. So... Between Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, and uh, Alvin Harper and Jay Novacek and that offensive line and the guys they had on defense, they were pretty formidable. But uh, I think I still remember a game where I had two interceptions in the first half and we beat Dallas 41-0. We had 11 sacks and four interceptions. Man. So it wasn't all Cowboys dominance. I was at that game. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, was at the, I was at that game. So – when you when you were when you were um, when you were playing, I mean, you were playing alongside some pretty remarkable defensive players. I mean, some of the greatest to ever play the game, honestly, and one of the best defenses ever. You know, what was what was that locker room like? I mean, I know Gary asked you about Randall, but like that that defensive side. I know how like you know football offense defense. You guys have your own clicks. What was that like being around that that club? Yeah, you know, I was blessed because I got drafted by the Jets and there was Mark Asno, Joe Klecko, and that New York sack exchange had just kind of expired. But uh, there was some good football players. But when I went to the Eagles and you saw Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Clyde Simmons, guys like Byron Evans and Seth Joyner and Eric Allen and Andre Waters and Wes Hopkins, and you mentioned Mark McMillan and Otis Smith, and there was just uh, William Thomas. I mean, it was so athletic. It was so aggressive. It was so well coached by Bud Carson, not Buddy Ryan. 
and we were number one against the run, number one against the pass, number one overall statistically, I think maybe statistically one of the best defenses in football. And to be quite honest, Randall was struggling with injuries. The offense was struggling with consistencies. But one thing we knew almost each and every time we took the field that we would dominate defensively, and there's no greater feeling than that. That's awesome. Hey, Rich, yeah, just a follow-up on that. Um, I, I know you're probably biased, but was that defense the best defense that the NFL has ever seen? Where would you rank them? I, sorry, I didn't get the end of that question. He, he, he asked, where, where would you rank that defense, like, of all time? Like, yeah. I'm obviously biased. You know, people talk about the 85 Chicago Bears where they won a Super Bowl. You talk about uh, the Ravens defense with Ray Lewis and those guys, and, you know, I think they won a Super Bowl. So without a Super Bowl, people don't put you in that same category. And I, to me, you can only control what you can control defensively. You can't control special teams. You can't control offense. You can't control the outcome of the game. You can dominate on defense and still actually, you know, lose whether that's 7-3, 10-7, whatever that uh, statistic is. But when you just put it straight on defensive statistics, when you talk about points scored, uh, rushing yards, passing yards, overall yards, sacks, uh, passes broken up, all those other statistical uh, kind of anomalies, I think that it has to be one of the greatest defense. And then just look at the collection of players. It's really hard to say that, yeah, they may be a better defensive line than Reggie White, Jerome Brown, Clyde Simmons, uh, Mike Golick, and all those guys. But is there a better linebacker core than Seth Joyner, Byron Evans, William Thomas? And then you can go in the secondary with Eric Allen and Andre Waters and Wes Hopkins, because when those guys were still playing in 91, 92, 93, I was impressed coming uh, and watching those guys just strike people and watching them attack. And Bud Carson put it all together, and uh, he's, to me, a defensive coordinator, coordinator that needs to be in the Hall of Fame. That's actually a really so, – yeah, that's ooh. a good point. So, um, speaking on that, Rich, and again, um, I will say that – that that's probably the team that made me, you know, with my age, like, like a diehard Eagles fan. Like a, that was must-watch TV. That defense. But going forward, like in Philadelphia, Rich Kotite is regarded as the guy who, for lack of a better word, fucked it up. How do you feel about Rich Kotite? Like, like, what kind of a coach was he? What kind of a person was he? Like, like. Did he really fuck it up? Can, can you repeat that question? So, I'm sorry. I was so breaking he, up. Yeah, so he was basically asking about, um, you know, playing under Buddy Ryan and then going to play Rich Kotite, and he said, for a lack of better word, did, did Rich Kotite really fuck it up? Oh, you know, um, <laughs> that's a good question, right? You know, Buddy, you know, had something special because he was so loved by the defense and, one of those guys that defense uh, kind of just waited around for the offense to finish their part of the practice. Um, they knew they had Buddy as the head coach slash defensive coordinator. When Coat Tight came in, you know, there were things that just didn't click offensively. Um, he hired Bud Carson, which, you know, to me, you give credit to uh, coaching staffs and hierarchies and how teams are built. But, yeah, they struggled offensively, and some of it was – Randall got injured. Jim McMahon was kind of past his prime, and 
there were guys like Pat Ryan still playing and you know how hard it is to find a backup quarterback in the National Football League so I'll tell you, I think one thing that I remember more than anything else is is the collection of players. When you talk about a guy like Mark Bavaro, Herschel Walker, mm. Tim Harris, Refrigerator Perry, um, it's just Keith Millard. I mean, it seemed like I was blessed to play with some of the greatest, not only players in the league, but greatest characters as well. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, you, you definitely had a, a list of, of interesting people to play next to, that's for sure. Um, so, to move to move past that, you've you've had you, you stuck with football. You know, after you retired from the NFL, you, you stayed in a, you know you stayed with the game. And um, I don't know if you you know, you know you don't mind sharing you know what you what you were able to accomplish um, with, uh, with with high school coaching. Yeah, I actually coached at the University of Hawaii for 13 years, and I became the associate head coach and the interim head coach, and I was up for the head coaching job. At, two or three times and you know the only coaching job I ever wanted was the University of Hawaii because my mom and dad are here my wife's family is here um, we obviously my children go to school here and so it's logistically challenging to coach anywhere else and still have this uh, aloha spirit you know have this uh, beautiful foundation that my wife and I built for ourselves so I then went into high school coaching at my alma mater which is here in Hawaii school called Kaiser High School and we won a state championship so that was great but I think more importantly than that is what I do now as the executive director in the Hula Bowl the uh, also director of football for the Polynesian Bowl and all the other things we do with the Polynesian classics and showcases and combines and all these other things in Las Vegas and Utah and here in Hawaii we really have put this Polynesian ethnicity culture to the forefront and really done a good job of the pride in all of these great Polynesian athletes, as well as other ethnicities that play football here in Hawaii. And just uh, in general, the whole sport of football, we've been great ambassadors. That's awesome. So, like, what's obviously, you know, the, the NFL was doing the Pro Bowl in Hawaii for, for a while. I don't know what the future plans are. I know they change it every year. But the fact that, like, you know, the NFL is involved. Uh, out in Hawaii, I, I was out in Hawaii a couple of years ago, and I remember um, everyone was just glued to the TV because it was playoff time. But you know, is it is it really that pop? Is is it still that popular out there? And and you know, like in the high schools and and all that stuff, is it still like is football still a, a very popular sport still? You know, because there's no professional sports. When I played college, it's still the largest attendance at University of Hawaii history, and the stadium holds fifty thousand. We average forty-seven thousand eight hundred, so we could pretty much pack the stadium no matter who we played now that is somewhat dissipated with millennials as well as uh television and you know whatever these young people do these days and uh the older fan base is getting a, a little bit gray so to speak but um high school football i played in front of 31,000 people in a state championship and it's still televised in a high quality uh way i do uh, high school football as well as i'm the color analyst for the University of Hawaii football, mm -hmm. and we, you know, play in the Mountain West Conference. But football, from a collegiate standpoint, you know, you look at Marcus Mariota and Tua Tungavailoa and some of these other guys mm -hmm. that are uh, you know, icons in the National Football League. Tua has the number one and number two selling jersey in all of uh, the National Football League, and he hasn't played it down yet. So yeah. 
these guys are making yeah. uh, great progress, not only as offensive and defensive linemen, but in the skill position, especially at quarterback. Uh, I don't know if you heard of guys like Mackenzie Milton and Jordan Ta'amu mm-hmm. and some of these other guys, but, you know, Hawaii has 1.3 million people, and uh, they could have two starting quarterbacks next year, depending upon Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr and then Tua Tagovailoa, as well as Ryan Fitzgerald down there at Miami. So there's some uh, really good football played here, but it is a very violent, tough type of sport. But the pride and the passion, I think, is second to none. That's awesome. So you so, so you get thirty one thousand for a high school game? Yeah, and it's still you know we had uh, Bishop Gorman, which is a Nevada powerhouse, playing our Polynesian Classic last year, which I own and. They played against St. Louis, and, you know, with the radio rights and television rights and people that come to the game, I mean, I promise you if there's 1.3 million people in Hawaii, there's probably a million people that were concerned with the outcome of that game because, you know, they have a mentality of uh, Hawaii high school football at its best will play anybody, and that was a great opportunity. And St. Louis High School, who was uh, nationally ranked last year, beat Bishop Gorman, I think, 31-16, so... They've won the Nevada State Championship, I think, 10 out of the last 11 years, and they've been nationally ranked in the top 10, too. So it's a good brand of football, and uh, it's not as great at the skill positions, receiver and corner, but in terms of toughness and athleticism on the offensive and defensive line, I mean, there's some great players that end up going to the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12 and the, especially the Pac-12. I mean, uh, I don't know wow. if you heard Mike, but wow. Mike, Mike mentioned earlier yeah, was, you know, Isaac Samalu. Yeah, Isaac Samalu is one of them. Yeah, he's he's another player. Yeah, I, Isaac Samalu. I played with his dad, and uh, he's a coach now at San Jose State. And uh, I followed Isaac's career. But if I remember going to the Eagles preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and between uh, number fifty-five, the linebacker from Hawaii, Kamu Grusher Hill, oh, yeah. you had Isaac Samalu. You had the kid from Australia, the offensive tack in Jordan. I can't Malata. pronounce his last yeah, name. Malata. Yeah, yeah. You, and then you had Tyson Alualo on Pittsburgh and a couple other guys. And when you look at the overall population of Polynesians, they estimate that to be somewhere around 1 million people. And there's an estimated, you know, 30 million African-Americans and then, you know, close to 300 million uh, Caucasians per capita. There's more Polynesians in the National Football League than any, any other race. Wow. You know what? That's that's wow. yeah, that's interesting. I was just gonna say, do you feel that Hawaii's disadvantaged because they just because of the times that they play because of all this because of the travel that they have to do to, to get the exposure and, and even to play they they, they got to be exhausted on all the plane rides to, to play, but yet they're they're the most exposed like they they have the highest percentage. Can you repeat that question? So he said, the, the, you know, basically like that, you know, um, being out in Hawaii, you know, with the travel and right. all that stuff, you know, with exposure, you know, is that, a, you know, is it a disadvantage, do you think? Yeah, and, you know, that's what my whole brand is about. It's I call it X's for exposure and O for opportunity. And what we do is by having all these classics and all these football camps and clinics and showcases, we bring in college coaches throughout the nation. Um, when we had Tua Tungavailoa in my GPA, which is Gridiron Performance Academy, we had, you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, we had uh, Michigan, we had Auburn, we had coaches from all around the country, and they still come out and recruit the islands. So even an island like Samoa, which is 
five hours, 2,500 nautical miles uh, south of Hawaii, that island only has about 60,000 people, and you wouldn't believe the amount of colleges that go there looking for a Polynesian football player because these guys can move their feet. They're incredibly strong. They're tough. They're passionate. They take to coaching, and uh, they just it's a wonderful thing to add to your diversity of a football team because they love the game, and they're very passionate, and I think it rubs off on everybody. So everything we do, whether it's the Polynesian Bowl, which is – one of the premier high school all-star games are the Hula Bowl. We want to be diverse in terms of having representation from the Polynesian people because it is logistically challenging for these guys to be seen, especially the ones that stay home and play for the University of Hawaii. They may have five road trips per year. Uh, the ones that go off to the SEC and Pac-12, they get greater exposure. But some of these kids come from Samoa, Tonga, like by Sikahema, a good friend of mine. I know you guys know him well. He's the Jackie Robinson of the Tongan uh, football players, and there's so many Tongan football players that have followed in his footsteps. And you talk about an articulate guy who uh, is so proud of his Tongan heritage, yes. and he's a big part of the Polynesian Hall of Fame, the Polynesian Bowl, and the Polynesian brand. That's awesome. How much of an so, – How much? Um, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. So, so – um. Rich, like you're obviously um, invested in it. You've been doing it for a while. Um, this might be kind of a hard question, but who would you call like the greatest Polynesian player that you've seen? Well, you know, I I'd say Troy Palmalu, or you know, you got to go Junior Seau. Oh, then you yeah. go Haloti Nata. But if Man. you're talking about from the state of Hawaii, you know, uh, whether Marcus Mariota gets a second chance to become a great quarterback or Tua Tungavaloa reaches his potential, Marcus Mariota won eight major college awards, including the Heisman Trophy and every award possibly his senior year. And, you know, he has had an up-and-down career at the Tennessee Titans. But when you look at what Tua Tungavaloa has done with two Heisman Trophy uh run he didn't win those awards but he got injured both years the national championship his uh sophomore season i would think that that's 1a and 1b in terms of college football but a guy that i think you folks may remember a guy like isaac Sopawanga, who uh played for the new england patriots played for the philadelphia eagles but played mostly for the san francisco 49ers i recruited him uh there's other players such as uh, olin Kruitz from chicago who will be in he's already in the chicago hall of fame six Pro Bowls, Dominic Raiola from the mm -hmm. uh, Detroit Lions. There's uh, a lot of great football players that have come out of this state. And uh, most of those guys pay it forward. Most of them come back and they uh, continue to help these young Polynesian football players. That's awesome. The, the fact that the community is still giving back, you know, to what got them there. They're not forgetting their heritage, where they came from. Um, speaking of where you came from, you were, you were born in New England. And then yeah. uh, you end up going to uh, school out in Hawaii. How did, how did that come about? <laughs> well, you know, I'm originally from Brockton, Massachusetts, and that's anybody in sports knows Rocky Marciano if you're older. And if you're younger, you probably know Marvin Hagler. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's the, you know, shoe capital of the world. We moved 6,000 miles to the state of Hawaii, and I didn't even play football until my senior year. And that was basically so that, the Polynesian guys at the high school and the local guys, as we call them, would, uh, you know, become friendly with me and I would be hanging out with the tough guys and it probably helped get, you know, girls during those years, the formidable years. And um, then I had to walk on the University of Hawaii. So uh, 
there was no easy path for Rich Miano to get drafted in the sixth round by the New York Jets and play for 11 years. But one of the things I learned here in the state of Hawaii was the physicality of football, um, the ability to be really passionate and love and work hard and very respectful of coaches and just uh, people in general. And that's what I love so much about this culture. You know, it's brown skinned people, but there's a respect for uh, teachers, elders, coaches, and basically anybody who's uh, mentoring these young people. So I've become somewhat uh, well-known for giving back to the Polynesians and, and giving back to the state of Hawaii. Yeah, right. So, so whatever um, that's, that's going on in the world with the COVID-19, how has that affected you and the state of Hawaii? Can I get that question again? I'm sorry. So, so Gary asked, um, with COVID, ha has it really affected you and, and I guess your program and the state of Hawaii at all? Yeah, so what's happening here, you guys on the East Coast probably know California has, the whole state has pushed for high school football as well as Washington State uh, to the spring semester. I think we are very close to pushing our high school football to the spring as well. The University of Hawaii plays in the Mountain West Conference, and uh, right now they're scheduled to play only conference games, but I have a good feeling that that will also be pushed to the spring um, and then when you look at all the things I'm associated with, the Hula Bowl, the Polynesian Bowl, the Polynesian Showcase, all of these different classics we do in Las Vegas, Utah, and Hawaii, they all have been postponed till 2021. Oh, wow. That's awful. Yeah. That's horrible. Go ahead, Ryan. I know you had a question. Yeah, I, um, so yeah, obviously you're the first guy that I've come across that is very passionate about Hawaii football, Polynesian football. So, like, if push came to shove, would you put Hawaii football, what's going on down there, up against the SEC? One more, one more time with the question. He, he, asked, um, he asked, would you put, like, you know, being that how passionate you are, he said, he, you know, you're one of the few, you're one of the first people he's come across uh, personally, on a personal level that has been involved with, with uh, you know, Hawaii and Polynesian football. Would you put, with the passion and everything else that comes along with it, would you put it against the SEC as far as no, passion? No, well, 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 not really. I mean, it's biblical. You know, I got to attend Tua Tungvaloa's game, Alabama against uh, Tennessee last year. I've been to, we, when I coached at the University of Hawaii, we played Alabama, we played Florida. Um, I, I really feel that the SEC is biblical. And the amount of fans and the amount of money and the television contracts and all those other things is kind of unmatched. Even when you play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, which I think is almost like a college crowd, or you go to um, some incredible venue in the National Football League, I, I don't think you can match a hundred and something thousand people, whether it's in the big house or whether it's in Florida or whether it's in Alabama with the cheerleaders, with the pageantry with uh, the sororities and fraternities and, uh, you know, what goes on in the pregame and everything else. It's not corporate. It's just a passionate love. But uh, I would say this, for a small state in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, football is, is king, and it is, uh, they do a nice job of supporting the program. And uh, it means as much to Hawaii as Texas high school football means to Texas. That's, that's mm. awesome. Wow, that's pretty cool. Nice. Pretty cool. So, when I uh, when I asked you to come on, you you said you there was a chance you might be playing uh, a little golf. 
Uh, obviously, out in Hawaii, there's a uh, there's a lot of places to play. I, I was out in uh, I stayed at, I was out in Hawaii once. I played I stayed in Maui the whole time, and I, I played a little golf out there. Uh, beautiful, absolutely beautiful courses. Um, what do you shoot? I'm gonna ask a fun question. What do you shoot? How you doing? Well, well, first of all, um, I have a place on Maui, and I golf Maui quite often. Uh, we live here on the island of Oahu, and I just played Wailai, which is the home of the Sony Open. Oh. yesterday and not to drop any names but we take by yearly by annual trips to palm spring excuse me uh to play pebble beach so oh, man. i've been wow. blessed to play some beautiful courses and um i almost feel i'm as passionate about the game of golf as i was football and i'm still shooting in the mid 80s so right. it's got to be the most frustrating sport <laughs> ever made yeah. for mankind and, and i'm talking about legit you know, mid 80s, 13, 15 handicap, and I'm, it's going down, but it literally takes uh, the 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell talked about from good to great. And I don't know if I have 10,000 hours left in my life. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I actually played, uh, I played earlier today. I played a, a course in uh, a sub, suburban uh, area of Philadelphia. It's uh, called Old, Old Homestead. And, um, nice. Yeah, it was it was absolutely beautiful, and I actually shot a hundred, and everyone around me was like, "That's actually really good." Like, I'm like, "What? I shot a hundred? Like, no, this is a tough course." <laughs> and, tough course. Yeah, and like, and that's the thing. It's like, if you were like, and, and my putting game wasn't there, right? I'm like, you know what? If everything worked at the same time, I'd be a pro, and that's why I'm not a pro, and that's why. No, I no. Got, right. And the yeah. frustrating thing about golf is you may putt well, you may strike your irons well, you may hit it off the tee well. You may you may uh, chip well, but putting that shit all together for four hours—I yeah. don't know how these guys do it Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But um, I don't want to segue into something else. But I, I don't know if you guys know, but one of my best friends in life is Brian Baldinger. So, oh, cool. Baldy Breakdowns comes out and stays with me every year for yeah. two years. We go to Maui. We do a lot of uh, his breakdowns here in Hawaii, and uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. But he's Absolutely. quite a personality. Absolutely, yeah. We, we uh, yeah, we love Baldy. Yeah, yeah Baldy. Yeah, I love Brian Baldy. Like I love Brian Baldy. I love when he breaks down. So, Rich, I got one more question from you uh, for you. Obviously, the four of us all know you from being a Philadelphia Eagle. We're, we're, the four of us are all passionate Philadelphia Eagle fans. So my, my last question here, what is your greatest memory of being a Philadelphia Eagle? You know, it, it, it would sound individual to say two interceptions against Troy Aikman in the first half, and my son changed my ringtone to, instead of touchdown, Aikman, interception, Miano. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But, but, but it has to be the team thing. You know, it has to be the fact that we were part of that great defense, but Overall, it's to me the myopicness of, if that's even a word, of how much Eagles fans care for their football team and how important it is for them to win. And as much as I talked about passion in the college level and the high school level, you know, when you have like a WIP talk radio and you have just everyone in Philadelphia cares so much about the Eagles, I'm just blessed to be part of that because when I play for the New York Jets, we had the Giants. When I played for the Atlanta Falcons, you had transient people that haven't lived in Atlanta for long. But people love the Philadelphia Eagles, and it doesn't matter. It, it's so important for that team to be successful, play hard, play well, because I'll tell you what, the city, the mood swings on a win or a loss. 
That's awesome. Yeah. That, that brings a tear to our eyes. That's that's total Philly. Totally. <laughs> totally. Like you totally like that answer. Like you totally get what it took to play in Philadelphia. So I, I don't know if we're wrapping up, but we, we, we do have that one last question, Sean. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Oh, I know your question. Yeah. All right. So we we, we always ask uh, our guests, what is your drink of choice? Because you know we're corner pub sports. You know we, we kind of drink and talk sports and like you know like you would at a corner bar. So if you do if you do drink, I don't know if you do drink, Rich. But uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do drink. So what what is your uh, what is your go to drink? You know, I've given you guys so many vague answers, you know, so like, you know, I enjoy a good glass of red wine um, and, and I'll enjoy, you know, because I still stay in tremendous shape. So I'm more of a like a Corona Premier, Michelob Ultra, you know, low calorie stuff. But I've I've even been going the soft side and uh, kind of getting into these spritzers, believe it or not, which I thought was just a female only drink. But I'm a Tito's vodka guy. I'll say Tito's and cranberry is probably my go-to drink. All right, cool. All right, nice. we can get down. With, yeah. Tito's is definitely not a female drink. Tito's is good no, stuff. Yeah, Tito's is legit. Yeah. yeah, Tito's is legit. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta like that. It's from Austin, Texas, bro. You, you know, I'm trying to made in America. We should be all buying and drinking American. Yeah, we we try. Go, we, yeah. yeah, definitely. We uh, we try to hit the uh, craft beers. You know, the microbreweries and stuff like there that. There you go. And uh, that's kind of our thing uh, here on the show. But, Rich, um, man, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on. I, I'm sorry about the stream. I know, you know, the Wi-Fi, first of all, you're in Hawaii, so I, I'm sure that has something to do with it. But I, I appreciate you really, you know, I really appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us and talking some Eagles and, and, and your personal life and, and your career and everything with us. Well, I appreciate it, man, and I, I love that bottle. Well, turn that bottle a little bit more to the – Turn it what around. Do we, what do we turn, turn that bottle? Uh, it's got, he's got Bacardi. Bacardi. Yeah, there you go. Oh, little Bacardi. Right on. You know, hey, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. And um, I hope to come back and enjoy some Eagles uh, reunions, preseason games, and uh, uh, hook up with you guys again. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 That, whenever, whenever, Rich. Whenever. Don't get eaten by a shark. You <laughs> <laughs> shark stuff. I don't know if you heard him, Rich. Did you no, hear what's him? the last one? He said, "He said, don't get eaten by a shark out there." <laughs> that's only happening in Maine, and that's closer to you guys than Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaiian. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. We we really appreciate it, and um, you know, best wishes, and and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try to be in touch uh, soon, man. Okay, man. Be careful on the Jersey Shore, bro. <laughs> we will. Thank you, Some man. Great white. Yeah, we will. Yeah. <laughs> Go, Eagles. Go birds. <laughs> thank you, Rich. There you go. Right. That's awesome, man. Rich Miano. Fantastic, bro. Yeah, man. Thank you, Rich. Another great interview. That was awesome. That was that was cool. It was cool to have him on. Yeah, man. We we had two great interviews today. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. That was good. Kudos to you, Sean, for, for making sure to right after Yeah, I'm sorry, you know, sorry the connection didn't work. Uh were you guys able to see him at all? On the bottom or no? Okay, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I, well, I know, I, I guess the uh, the feed wasn't able to show him. I was able to see him talking to us on, on our lobby here. Uh, it, it was pretty choppy. Uh, but the phone was, dude, that was super clear. And uh, yeah. 
Sorry, I couldn't yeah, really hear you. He couldn't hear you some of your questions, but you know it worked out better than I thought it would. So, um, I mean, yeah. doing it virtual, like we did what we had to do, and I will yeah, I mean, say, I will say, I was not expecting that. Like that, I was not expecting him to be like a, like a prominent Hawaii coach. Like, like no, here to Hawaii. That was yeah. that was awesome, man. Like, like a, that was surprised. Like, like yeah, like he, he he's very relevant there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like like he's known, like like he's like a, I mean, he's like a historical figure in Hawaii. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you notice when he was on there, the picture in the background, like you seen his window open, all you see is the palm trees blowing. Oh yeah, I yeah, saw that. I saw it. And yeah. I guess his daughter or whatever walking in and out. Yeah, yeah. Like, There's like a slight breeze, you know, going through the. Going through the uh, the island a little bit, you know. Yeah, it must be must be tough living in Hawaii. Did I tell you what? I hopefully four more years I'll be going back, man. I uh, it was hard to come back. I gotta be honest. Yeah, like I've, I like I know a few people that've been in the, to Hawaii, and they said you know it can be warm, but like it's not humid. Like the weather is beautiful, the country's beautiful, the water like like it's just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful. You, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Mike went, but uh, yeah. Being that we're just across the three-hour mark, I think it's uh, probably time we call it a night. Yeah. Um, I I know Molly. Man, Molly was on almost the whole time, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Where the hell is she been? I don't. Fuck you, Ben. I don't. Fuck you, Ben. We still we still fuck you, Ben, about Molly next week. Actually, you know what? We we need to do a fuck you, Ben Sin. We should have done it on Rich Miano and then brought him on. That was my bad. But that's cool, man. You know, uh, you know, state champion uh, of, of his alma mater. Uh, that's that's awesome, man. You know, and and he's like you said, a, a relevant figure in, in Hawaii right now. So he's on Oahu. I was I was going to ask him where, what what uh, what country he was, or not country. Jesus Christ. Well, what? he basically he basically called Matt Marcus Mariota the greatest Hawaiian player ever. Dude, he was really good in college. He, 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 like, he was really, really, really high on Mariota. Actually, the I, year I, that... Oh, he, he, he was high on Palomaro, too, Ryan. He mentioned his name, Gary, but he mentioned Mariota's name like, yeah. consistently. I, When I was out there, it was actually the uh, the year that uh, he, he, he lost. Uh, Mar- that Mariota lost the championship, right? Didn't they lose? Didn't Oregon lose that year? Yeah, they lost uh, to Alabama in the national championship. Right, that was the year I was out there, and they were devastated. They, were, you know, because that was they thought he was going to win it. You know what I mean? So, even though he's playing for Oregon, I, you know what, Tua, Tua. I, well, I guess it's not like he's going to. It's all right. Never mind. I was going to ask about Tua because Tua's Tua's family apparently was unhappy that the fact that he's playing with Alabama, they actually left Hawaii and moved to Alabama to be with Tua. Uh, like, why would you leave Hawaii <laughs> if you were already there? And then they moved to Alabama. Talk about a culture shock. Yeah. Yeah, that's a different... Yeah, but you know what? They, they had to do that for... Tua's going to make... Tua's going to be able to buy an island in Hawaii right now. In yeah. two years. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. 
yeah, right. for two years sacrifice, if, you know, for his career, yeah, I would do it. Yeah. Like, he might not play in 2020, but as long as he stays healthy, two is going to be two is going to be special. I, I, yeah, I, I think two is going to be a good quarterback. I think so, too. Tua. As long as he uh, – Ryan said that – big caveat, as long as he's healthy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's All got right. the injury thing. All right, guys. Good show. Really good show. And we will uh, we will see you next week. Hope, talking about Sixers Flyers and maybe baseball. Cheers. Yeah, I'll start. another one. Yep. <laughs> Mike, you got to do it. Penis out. Penis in. <laughs>